0: following is a presentation of the Outside Lips Radio Network.
1: Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, the Outside Lips!
0: And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating, the Tyler Dean. Still here. Still here. Didn't That's leave again. Very surprised you're back for a second week in a row. To-
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you told me that you weren't taking time off. Like, damn, I, I, do I have to go? <laughs> can, can, I get a, can I get a co-host, a different co-host instead? That sounds great.
0: No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm Mr. No Days Off. Come on, don't you know that?
1: Well, <laughs> except the last one was because of you, but I, I digress.
0: Hey, you know what? Somebody was wrestling on a Saturday. Okay, so I don't want to hear it.
1: Now, seventy hours or sixty-hour weeks or whatever you're doing, ten-hour, okay. twelve-hour days.
0: Been working my butt off here. I really have. But uh, Tyler, we um, we have ourselves a hell of a show today. Uh, I want to jump in. Oh to-
1: shoot, sorry. I, I I can't be on the show. am I'm, I'm on the COVID list.
0: Oh, yeah, right, right, everybody, everybody's on COVID, unbelievable, but we, we do have a, a very interesting show, I was doing these news stories, man, and I gotta tell you, COVID, 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 man, this shit is crazy, isn't it?
1: It's been nuts, it's worse than it was last year, because apparently this, this, this strain is, is a lot more spreadable, it seems, and yeah obviously made its way into the NFL in a very bad way at a very bad time yeah
0: I mean right before playoff time a lot of key players going out we're gonna jump into that in a little while um we've got I mean potential retirements and and whatever else but you know Tyler I want to I gotta talk about the the one uh, huge story probably the most sad story earlier this week um legendary coach commentator John Madden he passes away at the age of 85 um, this guy has he was a, a I, I mean a, a key voice to our childhood growing up and, and as football fans he was a, a, a wonderful coach and I wish I had been been able to be alive during his coaching days because everybody always talked about and still to this day talks about how great of a coach John Madden was I mean this guy was a fixture and uh, in, in every single big game that that uh you know, we watched, I mean, Super Bowls and NSC title games. And anytime you'd hear Madden and Summerall on the, on the call, it was just an amazing thing. It was like, wow, man, it was magical. It made you feel, it gave you a big game feel. You could have like, if this year you had like Jags versus lions and then you had Madden and Summerall commentating it, I'd feel like it was like, you know, the Super Bowl. You're like, that's, that's how great those guys were. John Madden was, I mean, amazing. I mean, we, you, and I are both big, big uh, uh, video game players of the the game Madden. I mean, God, man, that's a huge loss to the NFL community. I mean, isn't it, Tyler?
1: It it, it definitely is. I, I think we're all pretty shell shocked when it happened. I mean, he made it to eighty five. It's but I mean, it's still one of those things that's going to be sad when it happens. And now we're here, we're kind of in the wake of it over the past course, this past few days.
0: Yeah, it was it was a real shocking situation. Um, obviously, everybody was kind of kind of sad, and and uh, you know this comes on the heels of of them coming out with his uh, documentary, which I, I mean I thought was just uh, beautifully done, by the way. Um, but it, and and I mean there were there were moments in that documentary where you know you're uh, I even like it was such a beautiful story. Uh, that guy touched so many people's lives. I mean, from from as as a coach and uh, he was a teacher. I mean, just the, the way he, he impacted people throughout the league and the way he impacted us at home. I mean, that was, that was a a huge deal. Um, you know, we always talk about, and you and I, as uh, we are, we're a couple of wrestlers, we're a couple of wrestling fans. And, and we always talk about Jim Ross being the voice of our childhood. And one guy that was definitely one of the voices of my childhood, and I'm sure yours was John Madden. Absolutely. You know, and, and, I mean, the, I mean, then the video game franchise, I mean, obviously everybody, everybody knows about Matt, everybody knows about John Madden football and, and, you know, every year that game comes out and it gets better and better and more and more fun. And like, all you want to, like, I was so sad when they didn't have him announcing it. <laughs> you know? I mean, when they, they didn't have him by actually announcing it on the game. I mean,
1: yeah, I'm trying to remember what game it was. And they finally pulled him off commentary. It's been a while now. It's probably been at least 10 years.
0: Yeah, I mean his his commentary was incredible. I always loved Thanksgiving games because they used to have him announcing and giving away like the the and turkey legs, and and um, you know, it was just those those years were just wonderful all throughout his his uh, commentating career. It, it, you know, as an announcer, a football announcer, he and and broadcaster, he was just tremendous. Um, I would I would definitely say you know, and he went into the, the Hall of Fame as a head coach. Which is what he wanted, but I—I uh, I, I mean, if you ever wanted to induct a guy a second time for for his commentary, I would totally just say yeah, put him in there for that too. You know, may give him give him a double whammy. <laughs> you know, so but um, John Madden, you know, our hearts go out to the the Madden family and and uh, both of his sons. He's just a tremendous dude, just, just an amazing human being. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely saddened. To to hear that he passed away, Um, you know, just brutal, just brutal for the NFL community. But uh, hopefully he's he's uh, in a better place, and hopefully you know his family is doing all right. But uh, yeah, John Madden passed away at eighty five. Sad day. Um, But Tyler, we've got uh, other stuff going around in the league now. Um, I gotta tell you, what a freaking insane week. What an insane, ridiculous, outlandish week in the world of football, especially given the, uh, the COVID stuff and, and everything that went on. But I mean, crimity. I mean, and, and, but one, one good thing that came out of this week, I will say, is that we have more clarification, Tyler, on, because whereas last week we did not have a lot of teams that were mathematically eliminated from the equation, which was surprising going into week 15 of the NFL. Now, after week 16, we have a, a lot more clarification on the guy On the NFC. Well, yeah, at least on the NFC. I mean, some AFC teams did get eliminated. No
1: additional ones.
0: More so on the NFC side, but we do have a lot more clarification on our playoff picture, and I think this upcoming week is really going to hammer it home about, about the, uh, the playoff picture Week 16 in the NFL, we got some scores to jump into. Tyler, are you ready to jump in some scores? Let's do it. All right. Jumping into your scores, here are your scores from week 16 from the NFL, starting with the Thursday night game, the 49ers and the Titans. The Titans beat the 49ers 20 to six, uh, 20 to 17, rather. Um, kind of a confusing, weird game. Day before Christmas Eve, uh, Titans were down. Next thing you know, A.J. Brown at halftime goes, meh. I'm going to show everybody that I'm still here. And he blows up. Titans beat the Niners. They advance to 10-5. Niners fall to 8-7. and 7. Niners are still in the playoff picture. Uh, Titans might have a stranglehold on the division, uh, we'll, and we'll get into that in a little bit and the reasons why. But the Titans win this one 20-17. Tyler, are we are we looking at the Titans taking the South here?
1: Yeah, I think we are because the situation we're looking at is the Colts would have to win out and the Titans would have to lose out. Yeah, because they do have a game and a half grab on it.
0: Yeah, now I don't see them them losing out. Uh, uh, the Titans losing out, but um, I, I don't know. I, like the Titans, they don't they do not have a tough matchup in Week 18. Um, you know, they're they're taking on the Jags in Week 18. Um, or I'm sorry, rather they're taking on the Texans, but they do have a tough matchup next week against the, a very red hot Dolphins team. Um, Colts, on the other hand, this, uh, this upcoming week, uh, they're taking on the Raiders. Um, I, I don't know, like it could come down to the wire. It could come down to, to the very last week, but like you said, I don't know that the Titans lose out. Texans are weirdly hot. We'll talk about them in a minute, but yeah, I don't know. I think this is the Titans division and, uh, one more game puts it away. They, they put it away with a win yeah. or a cold. Yeah,
1: it's, it's the Titans division, but I don't believe the Titans are the better team. I don't believe so either. I I think think they had a red hot start. The Colts had a very miserable schedule in the beginning, so I think just the the slow start is kind of what's going to be the dagger here. But I think the Colts get in, and then they're the better team in the South.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, Do the Niners hit the playoffs? Do you think that they're that this is just a minor setback for them? I
1: think they do. They're they're if you you look at the playoff scenario or the playoff bracket, they're actually in really good shape right now. Yeah, they're they're the they're the well, if you take out. Cardinals, they're they're the six seed, so and they're they're a game up on anyone outside the playoffs. I think they're they're in decent shape.
0: Yeah, I, and that's that's kind of you know what I'm thinking. Next week they do have the Texans, um, which or well this week rather, this upcoming Sunday they have the Texans, but then they've got um, the Rams going into the final week of the season. So uh, they're going to have to win this upcoming week in order to keep their playoff hopes alive and make but, sure. That depending
1: how the rest of the, the games go this could be a clinching week for them as well
0: yeah it could be it could be because because
1: are... I mean if if you got if the Vikings Falcons and the Saints lose and, and Niners get the job done then it's game over
0: yeah then they're in and, and, we and can call those
1: them. three teams are in a situation where they almost can't lose anymore
0: right right they have to win out it's it's become a little crazy but the Niners uh, do drop one of the Titans here Titans go to 10 and five I think they're they're a uh, clinch I think they're getting real close to I mean, one more win, they clinch, but I think they already do. Um, next up, Saturday games. we got Saturday games, and I'm totally here for it, Tyler. I love these full weekends of uh, NFL football. Um, it's Christmas, nice, because
1: once college football ends, they start to throw in the Saturday games, and it's nice.
0: Yeah, I, I always like it. I like the full weekends of NFL football. Uh, on Christmas Day, Packers go ahead and beat the Browns 24-22. A much tighter game than I expected. Packers, uh, you know, they, they've
1: been red hot.
0: Yeah, they, they look damn good. Baker Mayfield has a really rough day at the office. Um, the the Packers, though, I mean, Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. Um, that's that's basically what we walked away with here. Devontae Adams doing Devontae Adams things. Um, Packers just tear it up. I mean, are they the best team in the NFC? Do you think they have a real legitimate shot at the Super Bowl? Or do you think this is going to be another year where they go to the NFC title game and get eliminated?
1: I mean that could very easily happen, but right now I think they're the best team in, in, in football.
0: Yeah, most people believe that right now, and and uh, I don't blame them. I'm I'm very surprised by how the Packers have played this year, given their their some of their roster constraints and the things that they don't have, but they're still getting it done. So good on them. Uh, the Browns, on the other hand, dropped to seven and eight. Uh, I mean, is this just like underachieving one one? from them
1: at this point? It is, but they i mean mean—they—they they fought the Packers hard, so I can't fault them there, but they're in a situation to where no team in the AFC, if you're not a division winner, can afford to lose right now. Right. Hell, even the division winners can't afford to lose because, well, some of them, I'm, Bengals and Bills, I'm going to pull into that. You can't afford to lose right now. Right. Because the, the AFC playoffs scenario is as tight as it's ever been in the history of football this late in the game. Yeah, this. this You only have three teams that are eliminated. Even with losses, you get. You're gonna have teams still aren't eliminated.
0: Yeah, this is a wild year. I'm amazed by by the lack of clarification that we've had. Like normally by this time, we have a ton of clarification. If you have
1: seven spots, you're talking about nine teams, not thirteen.
0: Right. Exactly. And and right now we're talking about thirteen teams and fourteen teams. I mean, it it was wild. Like the 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 Seahawks just got eliminated this past week, and we'll get to them. But they just got eliminated this past week and they're five and ten like that's that should set off alarms to somebody that something's gone awry here but yeah, yeah I think it was, it
1: was a couple weeks ago it was right after I believe it was right after the the, the Lions had beat the Vikings that hmm. there was there was some weird playoff scenario that would, would never happen where the Lions were actually still not eliminated right
0: I saw that and it was like what are we
1: what are we talking about here <laughs> this is crazy. It's like if Thanos shows up and, and snaps his fingers just right at three o'clock on the dot, the Lions might make the playoffs. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it was, though. It's like, like it, it, it
0: just doesn't. It, like I don't think I've ever gone this late in the season and been like, man, I I don't really have a really set playoff picture here to for anything. Yeah, like, like, like on
1: the AFC side, you'd be foolish to put any amount of money on any team to make the playoffs that's in that in that middle bracket because. One game could send you from the from either winning your division potentially to being the 13 seed, right? Like holy shit, <laughs> it's craziness,
0: it's absolute craziness. Um, speaking of teams in the AFC, and and we talked about the uh, the AFC South. The Colts they go out and beat the Cardinal Cardinals 22 to 16. This was a fun game. Cardinals are we- in a weird slump, aren't they?
1: They're they're in a weird free fall. I'm, I'm not sure what's going. Like, and the thing is, it's not even that they're playing like, horrible per se. but but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them right now. I mean, Murray didn't play terrible. Like, I don't... Like, it's easy to put the blame on Murray and being... But Murray's actually looked like the the promising part of this team. Right. So I don't know what's going on. And was Hopkins that big a part of his offense?
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think he was. I mean, I think, you know, the moment he went down is the moment that everybody started going, "Uh uh-oh, the Cardinals are in trouble. I expected a lot more production out of guys like, you know, Rondale Moore and A.J. Green, and we we haven't gotten that. I mean, A.J. Really? Christian
1: Kirk's been the only one to step up.
0: Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green had one catch for 33 yards in this game. I think Zach Ertz has been a big part of it. And really, I mean, in this specific game, Chase Edmonds had had a, a huge part in the offense um, in the absence of James Conner. But uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this Cardinals team. Uh, they they just couldn't get anything done, and then Jonathan Taylor does what Jonathan Taylor does and puts up 108 yards. And I mean, it was just uh, a really interesting situation. We both picked the Colts in this game, and and you know here we are. The Colts are at nine and six right now. They're trailing the Titans by a game. You know, if the Titans were to lose this week and the Colts were to pick up a W, this that that division gets interesting. And and you you said that you believe that the Colts are going to wind up winning that division. That still could very well be the case. It could. Yeah, they could. So, I mean, a lot's
1: got to happen. I think we're a little away from that. But I think I was right in the sense that I, I felt the Colts were going to make the playoffs. So I think we're in that mode. Yes. But at the same time, though, because of how nuts the AFC is, we've just been talking about. And I know we're going to talk about, the, about it in a little bit. I guess we can kind of talk of talking about playoffs and talk about the Colts. We can kind of take knock this one out. Carson Wentz being on the COVID list is huge right now.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And and he hits the COVID list this week. You know, he's going to miss... an it.
1: unvaccinated player, so it's likely he's going to miss this game. And it almost doesn't matter who you play. Losing Wentz is a big deal right now.
0: Right. And, and it's a tough game, too, because they're taking on the Raiders without Carson Wentz. So, I mean, um, you know, and they've placed calls to Phillip Rivers to see if he'd be willing to return and stuff like that. But it's kind of looking like Sam Ellinger's going to be the starter this weekend. And, um, Don't do that. Yeah, yeah the, the Colts are... are in dire straits, but they do pick up a win here, 22-16. to 16. Uh, They get it done, and uh, yeah, they're going to have tough sledding against the Raiders this upcoming week. Uh, next up, we get a much tighter game than expected, but eh, given the fact that it's the Lions, you know, no surprise. The Falcons beat the Lions 20-16. to 16. Um, Falcons getting it done. They advance to 7-8. and eight. Believe it or not, the Falcons are still considered in the hunt, which is just crazy to me.
1: Well, that game uh, out.
0: You have only a game out, and and that's that's the wild thing here. But um, you know, the the Falcons they they really have come alive in recent weeks. But Kyle Pitts, man, he finally I mean returns to form. I guess you could say. I mean he's been kind of down for a few weeks. He shows up for hundred and two yards, not too shabby from old Kyle Pitts there, eh?
1: Nah, I mean he he kind of woke back up a little bit, and I don't know if it's gonna it's gonna last too long. But he he had himself a good game, so I'll give him that.
0: Right, Lions uh, sink to two twelve and one. I mean, obviously they're they're in the number two pick right now uh, with a win a couple weeks ago against the Cardinals. But uh, you know, it, so the 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 Lions they uh, obviously if if they don't get that number one pick, they're going to be out on on Thibodeau. Do you do you really think that they're going to go after uh, our boy from Michigan there, Aiden Hutchinson?
1: I think it'll be him. I, I think you can pretty much go either way on one and two there, as long as Lions don't drop the two pick i think they're going to get a uh incredibly high-end talent that's that's not gonna bust
0: right uh next up we got the eagles dominating the giants 34 to 10 the giants looked like an absolute mess jake Fromm made his start and made us look like fools in this game
1: uh, i know
0: <laughs> he looked so bad we were all excited and on that jake Fromm train and oh buddy what a nightmare that turned out to be um, Jalen Hurts actually looked good Jalen Hurts has come around in a weird way um, And he's playing really, really weirdly good ball um, He's not the most accurate passer out there But I do think he is giving him a, a bit of production That you know we didn't expect to see out of Jalen Hurts this year And I mean, 199 yards, two touchdowns I mean, he only was 58% passing it, Can he be the next Lamar? Do you think this comes out comes down to this guy improving his his uh, pack, passing accuracy, and we're going to see another Lamar Jackson on the Eagles?
1: I think it's possible. I I, I do. I, he's he seems to be improving every week. I mean, yeah, the accuracy wasn't completely great this week, but the accuracy has not been a problem for most right. of this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he's he right now. He's been a very serviceable QB. Uh, right now, the Eagles are in the seventh seed. So, I mean, I. I don't know, Jalen Hurts. He could be in a big playoff contender, and and he could make us look like fools. We thought he was a bust. I mean, we'll we'll see how he does in the future. Obviously, there's there's still a lot of time to tell, but we're gonna find out what it is about uh, the old Eagles. And as for the Giants, I mean, Daniel Jones is obviously out for the rest of the year. I mean, it, is it time for the Giants? I mean, we we kind of agreed that the Giants need to get rid of Joe Judge and whatever the case may be. According to what we're being told, Joe Judge and Danny Dimes are supposed to be sticking around after this year. Is that, like, the worst thing they could possibly do in this
1: situation? It is. It, I, it really, really is. I I, I don't know what's going on with them. I hate it. I hate it. What, I, mean, I don't know what they're thinking here. Like, What what can you possibly think keeping – I mean, at bare minimum, what, what are you keeping Joe Judge around for at this point? Hey, that's – I think, I think this is a John Mara issue. I think he needs to just go away. He obviously doesn't know what the hell he's doing anymore.
0: Yeah, I think he's a little lost. To be honest with you, I think I think there's like, it's just a senseless move. Oh, here we're gonna keep Joe Judge around. He's been an absolute nightmare, but we're gonna keep him around.
1: Better off than Matt Nagy.
0: Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm just like, what, what are we doing here, guys? What the fuck are we doing here? It just makes no sense. I I just, it blows my mind. I don't I don't get it. I I really don't, but the Giants are a dumpster fire and they're going to continue being a dumpster fire for next season. So you can just bank on that. Um, And and that'll be just an entertaining time. Uh, Next up, you got the toilet bowl. You got jets versus the Jaguars. The jets do beat the Jags 26 to 21. Tough sledding for old James Robinson tears his Achilles in this game. I mean, Granted, I knew the season was over for the Jags, but my God, Tyler! I mean, losing a guy like James Robinson—you know—what uh, if he's not prepared for next year? Do you think Travis Etienne is going to wind up, you know, saving the day? I mean, Travis what...
1: Etienne's going to end up being the starter, and James Robinson's going to end up without, without a job by no fault of his own.
0: Yeah. Do you do you think that that James Robinson is is you know kind of done for in Jacksonville, or do you
1: think <sighs> he he might be? I mean, and because he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna great for preseason. He's not gonna play for training camp. No, not at all. Getting those types of injuries this late this season spells disaster for your next season.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and and I think that James Robinson, he's a great running back. He really is. He's a great running back, and and I I'm I don't know. I'm having questions about about um the, his usage in Jacksonville. It might be a blessing in disguise for him. You know him to go elsewhere. I think a team could pick him up and he would get big money. I I I agree. And and I don't know that he's going to get like a monster amount of money. Um, you know I don't because because of the Achilles injury, but he's going to get a bigger contract than what he's got right now with Jacksonville. And frankly, I don't think he's very happy in Jacksonville. You know, is he the better running back? I think he is. I think he's the top running back that they're going to have, and and they need to roll with him. But I mean this could be a blessing in disguise for James Robinson really going elsewhere and getting paid a big money uh, you know deal. So I could see it happening,
1: couldn't you? I I really could. Yeah.
0: Um now next up you got the Bucks beating the Panthers 32 to 6. This one was kind of expected. I mean, this is another team with a quarterback carousel going on. Cam Newton gets benched, Sam Darnold's getting benched. Sam Darnold looks like shit. Cam Newton looks like shit. I mean, the the Panthers are just a nightmare right now at the quarterback position.
1: I think they're in the market for a quarterback in this year's draft, don't you? Oh, they have to be. They're hope. I think everyone got super excited when Cam Newton had a good play in one game, thought that Cam Newton was back, and me and you said, "Yeah, it's not happening." And here we are. That's exactly what happened.
0: Well, I think they're in the market for a quarterback. Do you think they're going to go after a, a high end veteran, or do you think they're going to go after a draft?
1: They'll do both. I think we're going to try both ways here. I, I think we'll, the the draft is going to be an option, but I, also, I could also see them looking looking to go into like a Rodgers or potentially Watson, pending what happens with that. I, I think they'll try to go for that veteran first because they do have the team that can do it. Do you think Kirk Cousins is in the mix there? I don't know. Me and you are a little, a little apart on that one. What I, what what the, what the Cousins worth? Or the, the no, I think Kirk. I think Kirk Cousins takes the pay cut and stays and stays in Minnesota. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I hope not.
0: <laughs> I really hope not.
1: Because right, I, I, we're in agreement that, that he can't stay at his current dollar amount. But I think he takes the pay cut and stays. I, I, I really do. I but, but if if Kirk Cousins on the trade trade block, then yeah, Kirk Cousins is definitely an option. But I don't know. I think no matter
0: what, what... is that that like? And it's like I've said before. Financially, they just can't. Financially, the the Vikings can't, and we'll jump into that shortly. But financially, they can't, and and I've I've gone over it, and I'm like, um, mm, that's that's not feasible. Now, um, next up, you got the Titans uh, a stunner against the Chargers, forty-one twenty-nine, Texans. Uh, or the, the yeah, the Texans beat the Chargers rather. They, they, they beat them forty-one twenty-nine. Uh, I I just I'm stunned.
1: Stunned. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> I really, really don't.
0: Davis Mills, for the last two weeks, whether we like to admit it or not, has played great football. He has. I've been looking at his numbers going, what in the hell is going on here? Davis Mills suddenly looks like like, a starting QB in this league. What is this? It's been crazy. He's been putting up really solid, strong numbers. And I don't know if it's just, you know, I get it. Last week, they took on, you know, the nobody Jags. But this week, this is the Chargers. And they they dropped 41. And also, by the way, I mean, I get it. Rex Burke had, had himself a hell of a game in this. But Davis Mills looked like a good quarterback. I mean, he really did. I, I can't get over how good he looked. I Look, and I, I know I was singing his praises after his pro day, and I was watching him going, huh, this kid's pretty interesting. And And this is what I expected. This is what I wanted out of Davis Mills. This is what I was expecting after seeing that pro day. I'm like, man, this kid could be great. Do you think Davis—and the Texans are talking about Davis Mills being the starter going into next season. Do you think that Davis Mills can be successful or will be successful with the Texans here?
1: See, I'm still on the no here, I, and maybe he proves me wrong. I, I think he'll get an opportunity to be the starter, but I think he eventually gets beaten out for whether it be a drafted quarterback or whether it be a traded-for veteran. I He'll get the opportunity, but I think he ultimately proves he can't do it. Yeah, I think—
0: I think this is a really small sample size, and I get people are getting excited, and the Texans are getting excited, and, and we see this all the time. The small sample size, you know. Ooh, this guy's gonna be great, and, and it turns out to be a bust,
1: and that could very yeah, well. could I, I kind of correlate it to like Taylor Heineke or not so much Matt Flynn because Matt Flynn was one game against backup, so I, I, that one was, doesn't really count. But yeah,
0: that, that was a bizarre situation.
1: Um, yeah, who, um, the dumbass who gave him a big contract for a game against backup. Backup players of the Lions is just beyond me, yes. but but no, I, I don't know. i i, I think I think it's an anomaly right now. I, that could change. He could continue to develop, but for the, for the first half of the season, what we saw was not a very good quarterback.
0: Right, I agree. I agree. And and he, I mean, the last two games, though, I got to give the guy some credit. He he did show up these last two games. So good on him. Uh next up you've got the Bills and the Patriots. The Bills go and beat the Patriots 33 to 21. Um big surprise, to be honest with you. I, I'm surprised that the Bills came out uh, firing the way they did. And uh they, they beat the beat the holy hell out of the Patriots here. I mean, just dominated them from, from jump street. Um
1: I mean Again, are the Bills I back. I think the Bills are kind of back. They're still not my favorite. They're still I still I'm still not so sure they're gonna win the division either. I, I think they will, but it's gonna be tight. Yeah, but what we're starting to see is a concern that we brought up after the uh, snow game. When it comes down to a shootout, Mac Jones can't.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the arm strength isn't there. I think there there needs to be some
1: gym gym rat stuff going on. He's um, had a couple of games that there he's where he's had those three, those like just over three hundred yard games, but he can't do this this back and forth. <laughs> excuse me, shootout type of game, and it's. It's becoming more glaringly obvious over the last three weeks.
0: Yeah, I agree. He, he's and a lot of people are saying he hit a rookie wall, and and that might very well be the case. But I mean, he's as oh, he looked,
1: we've we've already entered his uh, sophomore season to some extent.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people believe that that's that's kind of what we're seeing. You know, a, a premature sophomore slump, essentially. And and I mean, it's not that I think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback, and he could turn out to be to be great. I mean, who who really knows? But I mean. 14 for 32, 145, two picks. I mean, that, that was, that, that's Davis Mills three weeks ago, you know? So we, we, we're seeing Mac Jones and and he could be turning into that pumpkin that we thought that he was going to be when he got drafted. You know, that could very well be the case. Um, and I, I do think the bills are kind of back in a situation like this. I I think that they're going to win the division. I do believe that, but, um, yeah, it's, this is a, a crazy, crazy division. I think Bills win the division by a hair, and the, the Patriots will be trailing. I do think the Patriots make the playoffs, but I think they're a first-round elimination, don't you? I do. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, next up, you got the Rams beating the Vikings 30-23. to 23. This one, I mean... Kind enough, of
1: expected in a way.
0: Yeah, it was expected. I, I, I was kind of calling it, you know, the, the Vikings... You know, at a certain point, and, you know, people are going to defend, 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 and that's fine. Look, Kirk Cousins is not the answer in Minnesota. He's just not. And, and whether or not anybody wants to admit it, you know, the, the reality is the Kirk Cousins experiment is a massive failure. Massive failure. The, the Vikings, so the reason I'm, I'm saying that you can't retain Kirk Cousins after this season, to be clear, is the Vikings are currently $8 million over the salary cap for 2022 with only 44 players rostered. Uh, Kirk Cousins holds on to $45 million of that cap hit, and even if they restructured him down to $20 million, there's still not enough money to go ahead and sign eight starters because the guys you're losing are starting corners, starting defensive ends. I, I, you don't have Everson Griffin. You don't have Daniel Hunter. You're losing a starting safety, which, granted, I'm sure Cameron Bynum can, sp- can step in for Xavier Rhodes, or Xavier Woods, rather. But, um, you know, you're, you're losing Pat Peterson, You've already lost Breland. You're, you're going to lose Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, you're losing Anthony Barr after this season. You're losing Daniel Hunter. You're losing Everson Griffin. I mean, these are all massive hits to that defense. And the Vikings are going to have to try and find a way to fix it. And I don't think you can um, with the massive cap hit that that Kirk has. In my opinion, I believe that the Vikings, they need to kind of go into a rebuild. But it's not actually a rebuild. And, and the easiest way to do it would be to trade Kirk Cousins. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously because he's injury prone, trade Dalvin Cook and trade Adam Thielen. And I know I get it. Adam Thielen, Minnesota Vikings royalty because he's a homegrown boy. And that's fine. That's his hometown. But at a certain point, we have to start talking about injury situations. And we got to start talking about cap hits. All those guys possess massive cap hits. Kirk can't get it done. And then Thielen and, and Dalvin are, are injury-prone at this point. So you get rid of them. You save those cap hits. And then you go into the draft. And I'm not saying release them. Trade them. Trade them. Get something for them. But then you go into the draft, and I think the Minnesota Vikings, I am I was looking at the, the quarterback class from this season, and I'm it's a very weak quarterback class going into this upcoming draft. I mean, okay, draft a center, first of all, because Garrett Bradbury isn't working out. And then you go out and you pick up a receiver in the first round. And then you go get Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is going to be available in the second round. He's not even the number one running back coming out of this draft, believe it or not, which blows my mind. But we saw this similar situation with Jonathan Taylor a few years ago. So... That's kind of what where I'm at with the Vikings. Um, you know, there there are some rumors that have swirled that said that they're going to retain Mike Zimmer, but get get rid of Rick Spielman. And then there are rumors swirling that they're going to get rid of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. They should they should get rid of both, and they should trade Kirk Cousins. I mean, the Vikings need to do a little house cleaning. And the Wilfs they they clearly don't know what they're doing in this situation. Um, as far as the Vikings go, I mean, in this specific game, I mean. This is a what else is new type of situation where Kirk Cousins doesn't show up for an entire half of football. I mean, that's just what we've seen all year. Kirk Cousins doesn't show up for an entire half of football games and everybody just wants to give him a pass. Oh, well, it's the defense. Oh, well, it's that? Oh, what's well, this? Well, that defense gave him three turnovers and he produced three points out of three turnovers. So can't really say much about it. I mean, you, you can't say that Kirk Cousins isn't the problem here. Kirk Cousins didn't show up. I mean, by halftime in this game, he had 87 yards and an under 50% completion percentage. So I, I don't want to hear that Kirk Cousins isn't the problem when Kirk Cousins clearly is the problem, and he has been for two years. Last year, he what was it? There was 10 picks in the first six games to start at 1-5. I mean, against really junky teams, too. We were facing some bad teams early on. Games we should have won. And, and we saw the same thing this year. The Vikings could be... And woulda coulda shoulda, but they could be ten and seven right now. I mean, they, they got a clean house. And I, I know that that you think they retain Kirk, but mathematically, they just can't. They can't. I mean, if if I if if I thought they could, I would say they probably would, but I don't think they can feasibly do
1: that and then expect to feel and, and what I will say is um granted, the Saints were in a much worse Cat situation than the Vikings are next year, this year, but and somehow they figured it out, and we and we both said that those guys release a lot of good talent, and they end up not. So there's ways that they could do it that am um, that that go beyond what me and me and you were know. But I I mostly agree with you. But I'm just I, it wouldn't surprise me. Here's the they found a way to keep
0: it The Saints had a lot of guys they were able to restructure. The Vikings quite literally have like two guys they can restructure, and that's about it. And those two guys are on brand new deals. I mean, brand new. Like Harrison Smith got signed to a new deal in the middle of the season, you know. Like uh, uh, Brian O'Neill right now just got signed to a brand new deal. So those are the only two guys left to restructure. You literally have nobody else you can restructure. There's legitimately nobody else. You've already restructured Anthony Barr's massive contract, and and he's gone after the year. You've already restructured Eric Kendricks. Um, you've, you've already uh, restructured um, your defensive tackles. You've already restructured. Daniel Hunter who's likely gone after this season uh, because his was a one year deal with a one year option um I, I mean you you restructured Kirk already i mean they, they they can't just keep kicking the can down the road at a certain point they got to make the move i think it, it would be smartest to trade away pieces understand that the window is kind of closing go in there grab the few th- the pieces i mean i like that kid Linderbaum out of out of Iowa I think he would be a great draft pick for them to fix that center situation. Go out and get yourself a brand spanking new wide receiver, Olave, Wilson, uh, Williamson, I mean, any of them. You can grab those guys and then get your running back in the second round, start Kellen Mon in 22, and if Mon doesn't work out, you go into the much stronger 23 class where the quarterbacks are, are going to be much bigger, C.J. Stroud, um, you know, uh, Bryce Hall, or uh, you know you're a Bryce Young rather, I mean th- these are going to be a much better situation, and and you go into the stronger quarterback class and you grab your quarterback of the future from there, as opposed to this season where it's like Malik Willis, <laughs> you know, I mean, right? Yeah, that's what they're going to have to do to rebuild this football team. But the Vikings have this gravitational pull toward eight and eight and or eight and nine or nine and eight or eight and. Nine or seven and nine, you know, it's it, seven and ten. I mean, it, it's a very five hundred ish football team. You know, you, that that's kind of that gravitational pull toward five hundred that they've had under the Kirk Cousins regime. It's time, it's time to move on. And this game proved it to me uh, with the way they failed to show up. And then on the other end, you got the Rams who have suddenly emerged. Um, are the Rams suddenly back to being Super Bowl favorites when they didn't look it look like it a few weeks ago? Yes, I think they yes, are. yes they
1: 100 percent are. The Rams look like the team I thought the Cardinals would continue to look like, and it's and this we're at a point where I think you're going to realize that this uh, long this longer season grants only one game is going to start to take some toll on on the uh, durability of these teams.
0: I agree. Yeah, the the Rams. I, I'm, you know, after the way they got spanked early on in the season. By the Cardinals. You know, I, I think um, everybody kind of thought the Cardinals were the real deal. And the Cardinals were going to go the distance. That nobody could hold a candle to the Cardinals. And then the Rams came out and spanked the Cardinals last week and went, okay, that's that's interesting. And then they came out and spanked the Vikings this week too, which was sort of expected, but not in the fashion that they did it. It
1: was, it was a one-score game, it. wasn't it?
0: Huh? I'm sorry, what was that? It
1: was only like a one-score game, wasn't it? Well, it was yeah. two
0: until, like, the final seconds and then oh, okay. the Vikings pick the last-minute field goal to make it more respectable?
1: But my uh, point there, too, is, though, like, right now, like, if, if you're a team that's going to make the playoffs no matter what you do, right now is the time, if you're going to be in a slump, to do it and get over it. So, like, there's a chance you could see a Week 18 Cardinals team just go, hello.
0: Yeah, and it's possible. It is completely possible.
1: And that's kind of the uh Bill Belichick special. I mean, we look back at, like, the Rams Super Bowl where... Or uh, Sean McVay classically came out to the game and says, "We we game plan for everything you had and they didn't they didn't do any of it." It's like, well, yeah, that's because they saved it all for your ass.
0: Yeah. Do you um, think that about to see a Stafford Rodgers showdown in the NFC title game?
1: Right now, it's looking that way because I mean, in, in no disrespect to the Bucks or Brady, because, but they've they they haven't looked as sluggish as the Cardinals, but they've looked a little sluggish. Right.
0: I I agree. Um. Yeah. I could. I, I really could see a a Rodgers stafford showdown honestly i i could see it that would be a lot of fun i think i think that would be a really fun nfc title game don't you
1: it would totally would
0: Fired up now uh one game that wasn't so exciting for you the bengals go ahead and uh, ravens 41 to 21 uh, dominating performance by joe burrow 525 yards in this game um Man, you, and then you need to be sending the Houston Texans a thank you card for keeping
1: your Viking or your Ravens rather in that seven seed, eh? Well, not anymore because once the di- what Dolphins won on Monday, we're we're at eight. No, you're at eight now. But so, I mean, here's the thing: um, this game is less meaningful, is less of an issue for me than the previous Bengals game that was a similar score, because I, I mean, we the writing was kind of on on the wall in this one, and the Ravens fielded went into the game with thirteen. Healthy defensive players. Yeah, yeah, brutal. 30, I was amazed. um thirty-five players on either IR or COVID list for this Sunday. It this was going to happen. I'm amazed we put up twenty one points. To yeah. be honest with you. Um so nope. and and spoiler alert, the Bengals players are and Ravens in a way are riddled through the uh, top ten forgotten five today. But yeah. I'm not gonna say that like, there there are people and you know me, i I've, I've been huge to say Joe Burrow's one of my favorite quarterbacks and and but then like but this week there's been a lot of talk about it. The, 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 Joe Burrow's top five quarterback, he's the best in the north. Like guys, he he he, he beat the practice squad. Yeah. Like and and I will give Joe Burrow credit when credit's due because I love Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in this in this division. Right now he's not. But you beat the practice squad. Take the win. I mean, five hundred twenty-five yards is nothing to be upset about. Be thrilled about that. But yeah, I, don't think I, that that, that you you're going to go and do that to, to a health to any healthy playoff team or a healthy Ravens team at that.
0: Yeah, there there have been a lot of occasions where Joe Burrow has has looked a little rough around the edges against teams that that he shouldn't be playing down to, such as the Broncos, where he only beat them fifteen to ten. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, a lot of like I've I've seen the the social media guys, oh Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know what? Hey look, I, I like to think Joe Burrow's probably top twelve. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are better. And there are a lot of quarterbacks that, that he needs to work to, to surpass. Okay. Is he a good quarterback? Yeah, he's a really good quarterback. Is he gonna wind up being one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Probably. And and the Bengals, I think they've found their guy.
1: Yeah, I, and I think we're talking about the situation. If you look at the North in general, the last three weeks, Joe Burrow's been able to be be the highlight. Yeah, he's better than Ben. He's better than than uh, B- Baker. But we're in that same stretch you've talked about where, where we haven't talked about Lamar being out. Right now, if you if you're taking Burrow or Lamar, I think I think most people still take Lamar. Yeah, I, I think most people do still take Lamar. I would. So I mean, it's- but. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is and not counting this game, Joe Burrow's been playing very, very good.
0: Yeah. Now one thing I want to ask you as far as the Bengals go, and, and Joe Burrow wasn't the only story here. A guy that I talked about moving into last year's draft as one of my favorite receivers coming out of the draft. And I had him projected going to the Vikings um, you know, in, in one of my uh my mocks and and all that. I T. Higgins, man. Is this guy like this emergence? I mean, has he is he here? Is he the number one? Is this what we're talking about? Uh,
1: I don't know if he's the number one per se, but I think we're talking about a scenario. And, and when you talk about best tandems, you, you you always look at scenarios in which you're talking about a team having two ones, and we're on the way to where you're talking about Higgins and Chase, um, starting to compete with those. Legendary duos that you that we that we talk about in these in these years, like your Lockets and and Metcalfs, your your Jefferson and uh, Thielen's and or like your back in the day, the uh, the Ridley Julio's type of world. The, the Carter where, Moss combo. Where Carter Moss is kind of a different thing. But you know what it, but I think the Bengals too here is there. I do. Yeah.
0: I honestly, I I think like. I'm looking at Jamar Chase and I'm looking at at T Higgins. I see a one A one B situation where, where Tyler Boyd is, where like,
1: Boyd is like a yeah, I mean, two A Yeah, Tyler Boyd's still a very good receiver. Let's not forget about him.
0: Right, and and that's what, I think Boyd is is the two there, but then you've got one A and one B there. Is is basically what I'm seeing out of out of uh, Chase and and um, T Higgins, and I think T Higgins right now, I mean at least as it stands currently, is one A. I think I think T Higgins kind of over,
1: over the last few weeks. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah.
0: Um, so but, on the
1: flip side, though, I know we're talking about a very injured Ravens team.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah. there's there, a, a picture is being drawn here that I'm I have fallen in love with, and feel free to tell me that I'm that I'm off my rocker. But I think you're going to agree with me. Going into next season, I'm kind of writing the season off. Even even if we snuck in, like we're we're just too riddled. Right. to go deep. Going in next season, Rashad Bateman's really coming into his zone. I agree. I um, like him the, a lot. The picture of this Ravens receiving core is starting to take shape as one of the better receiving cores in football when the line's healthy, when Lamar's healthy, when the team's healthy. Yes. Bateman's proven to be that the, the tra- Brown's the better receiver, but Brown's doesn't do the number one style roles. Bateman's coming into a zone of being the traditional one. Brown's they're going to be the traditional two is that deep threat. And Mark Andrews is doing Mark Andrews things.
0: I, I think that, um, Bateman, you know, I kind of said this early on when, when he got drafted and when we had him projected going to the Ravens, that he was going to be like a poor man's Mike Thomas.
1: And, and, and that's it, a compliment.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a compliment. And, and I think that's what he's become. He's become more of that possession receiver that we expected him to be. Um, and and really, he's he's emerged into that role. He's he's really burst into that role in a nice way. Um, Bateman is going to wind up being being you know one of the top receivers in this league if he continues on this trajectory, which I think he will. Uh, I mean, if you
1: if you we see what Brown can do when you let Brown be the deep threat, he's dangerous yeah. when he's, when, he ha- when, he can, when he only has to worry about being the deep threat. Yeah, the problem now you got Andrews and Bateman to to handle the line. Plus. And this this is a bit of a stretch, but I think James Prochet is a is a is a is a quietly decent number three.
0: I agree with that. I I can definitely get behind that. All right, I'm having a little bit of an issue over here. I'm good now. But um no, I can agree with it. I you know, I, I think um you know when you when you're talking about uh, uh, a guy like Bateman, I think he's gonna wind up being a clear cut number one next season. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's any stretch. to to consider him the number one and then when you're talking about um hollywood there i think hollywood winds up being you know obviously like you said i think he's wind up being the number two hollywood's had a lot of drop issues and i think that's really kind of taken him out of his favor and somewhat yeah
1: i mean he's kind of fixed it over the over the weeks here but yeah and mark andrews is really the office is still going to go through mark andrews yeah i think so but now, I you, do, you think that J.K.
0: Dobbins returns next season, becomes that number one
1: back that you want him to do? I, I do, I do. I, I, I think, uh, and Gus too, I, I think Freeman stays on board. I think Murray goes away. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's kind of where I, I think it's going to. I
1: could see Freeman staying on to kind of help support, because both are coming off major injuries. I think Freeman stays on just to make sure that both of them are ready. Yeah. But I do believe that, I, I still stand by that I think Dobbins is – would have would have been would have been doing everything that say swift is doing this year yeah i, I think I, dobbins is very very good
0: dobbins i think will be wind up being the number one running back as long as he can stay healthy um that's a big thing we got to see how he comes off of that with that acl tear he suffered in the offseason so hopefully uh for his sake and your sake and your sanity uh they they come yeah. alive the, the ravens right. seem like a dangerous team moving into next season
1: yeah and and that's I think as far as um, future planning, Ravens have one of the more promising next couple seasons ahead of them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, next up, we've got the Bears beating the Seahawks out of nowhere. Uh, Nick Foles, the starting quarterback. I mean, oh god, I can't believe it. It's, it's just incredible to me. Again, Nick Foles comes out, beats the Seahawks in a very tough matchup. Last-second uh, touchdown. I mean, Seahawks eliminated from playoff contention. Bears play spoiler. I mean,
1: uh, So Foles. here's the question. Do you think Russell Wilson's actually regressing, or is it more he just needs to change the scenery? I think
0: it's a little bit of kind of both. Here's the thing about Russ. So I, I think that, he, you know, even though it was a non-throwing hand, I think that hand injury has been affecting him the entire time. I think Russ is banged up. I think he's a little bit. Um, I think he doesn't. I don't want to say he doesn't care, but I think he's kind of like throwing his hands up here. And and the Seahawks, they they don't have squat for a defense. That team's been falling apart all season long. And guys, I mean, Rashad Penny's been the only thing that that has emerged out my of my man. What was that?
1: My man Penny.
0: Oh uh, yeah, right. See it. Uh, out of nowhere. This guy just emerges. He's like probably the only thing that has come out of so far near the end of this season um, that that you know has really been worth anything. Honestly, he's been the only guy that's been worth anything uh, at the end of the season. I think Russ Wilson goes goes elsewhere. I think he's done. I think he doesn't want to be in Seattle anymore. There's a lot of people calling for Pete Carroll's head. I, I think you're going to see Russ Wilson in a in a bigger market, and I think you're going to see him like like we're talking. You know, New York, we're talking New Orleans, we're talking a big-name team. He does not want to be uh, in Seattle anymore, I don't think. And, I and you know, whereas a couple weeks ago he was saying, oh, I want to retire here, I want to retire here. We're going to see that tune change. I think that's where it's going. I, I think we're going to see that tune change quickly, don't you?
1: And I think you will, and I, I think if, if that talk picks up, you could see Rodgers going, hmm... Yeah, I'd I'd love to throw to lock at Metcalf.
0: Yeah, but the other issue that you're having with with old Rodgers is, um, I mean, I think there there's I think there's other suitors and I don't know that Green Bay is going to be willing to trade Rodgers even within the conference.
1: That's very true.
0: You know, I I, knowing the knowing the Packers, I don't I don't think they're going to want to trade Rodgers around, you know, and they're obviously he's not going anywhere near the NFC North, but, but I don't think they're going to want to trade him to Seattle, who has perennially uh, been a thorn in the Packers side year over year over year um, until this year. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know that they're going to want to do that, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it works out as for the bears. Looks like you and I were right. Nick Foles gets the win. Um, Nick Foles is he the best quarterback on that, on that roster. no. No, you think it's Andy Dalton still?
1: Yeah, I do. I, but I also think that uh, Fields is probably better than Nick Foles too. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, don't I think. Wanna, I think Nick Foles just comes in such waves of good and terrible.
0: I don't. I don't think Nick Foles is a good quarterback. I'm not sitting here and saying he is, but but I do think he's better than Dalton, and I do think he's better than Fields. I I think that's fair to say at that point. I I just I don't buy it. I don't buy either either one of them. I don't buy Foles, but if if I was the Chicago Bears, I would, and I had those three options, I would have been starting Foles from Jump Street. That would have been first choice, but maybe that's just me. Um, next up, you got the Raiders beating the Broncos, seventeen to thirteen. This one was a weird game, very low scoring, it was
1: closer than it should have been, given that Broncos are riddled with injuries and COVID,
0: oh, ton of injuries. But but the the amount of w- in which teams did not you know like, like the, the running backs in particular did not get going in this game for the
1: Broncos. Uh, Raiders shut them down. Yeah,
0: I mean Javante Williams, seven attempts for twelve yards. Here's the kicker: Melvin Gordon, seven attempts for negative four yards, a negative point six average. How insane is that?
1: It, uh, and and you're and you're not talking about like I know we don't really like Melvin Gordon, but. But this season, this has been one of the best running back duels in all of football. The Raiders just go nah.
0: Yeah, they, they shut them down completely. Um, very surprised by this game. Broncos drop on Raiders. I mean, still technically in the hunt.
1: I mean, <laughs> which I no, is they're in the hunt. That, they're game out.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're in the hunt. I, I'm a very surprising situation. But right, they do that's the get- wild.
1: That's the wildness about this right now. Is like in the in the AFC. Um, the freaking. Niners who are the sixth seed or would would be like the nine seed or ten seed. Vikings would be like the thirteenth seed right now. That's how nuts the AFC is from a record standpoint.
0: Yeah. It's it's wild. And I'm so glad that these this next game is right next to this one. Um the Chiefs go ahead and beat the Steelers thirty six to ten.
1: Yeah, I wanna talk about this one.
0: I I, I do wanna talk about this one. The I wanna talk about one of the more funny things that occurred during this game. I
1: bet you're the same thing. I wanna talk so, about <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm watching this game, and the Chiefs are dominating the Steelers like it's nobody's business. And CBS decides we're going to go to a game that's more competitive. And they send us over to the Raiders-Broncos game that has less than two minutes left in the game. And the Raiders are winning 17-13. to 13. And when they send us over to this other game, so that first of all, I think it's kind of funny that they're just like, ah, fuck it, this game is a blowout, let's get out of here. And they send us out to this other game just so we can watch Derek Carr kneel down four times to end the football game. And it just goes to show me that CBS isn't actually watching the football games, that they're just
1: like, oh, well. Like, oh, this score's close, let's go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Like they have no idea what the hell is going on on their own network.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I know I I hate the Steelers here, and I, I, I so t- typically I can I can come off as biased sometimes. Like as you can probably admit for yourself, when it comes like they say the Packers. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree.
1: But I know I'm not blind here, and I, and I, I so the, l- let's rewind back to the Browns Steelers playoff game. Yeah, they get shellacked. Yep. And then on Twitter is Chase freaking Claypool. Going well, you're gonna get plant pounded by the Chiefs next week. You guys suck. It's like, oh, what does that say about you? Like, you're really going off on Twitter after you just got your ass kicked. Right. Okay. Fast forward a little bit to a few weeks ago, when they're lose, when they're losing, and they're- there's like 40 seconds left to go in the game. They get a big first down, and it's- with no timeouts, instead of rushing to to go clock the ball, you're you're over there doing your first down dance. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the ball off. Yep. Because you're an idiot. Yep. And then, and fast forward to this week. <laughs> You're, you know, where I'm going with this one. Yep. the 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 Chiefs are up by however much they are up by thirty to nothing or 37, whatever the case may be. And the, the Mahomes throws the ball to the end zone, and the Chiefs, the Sears defender bats the ball down. Good defensive play. Cool. Yep. He. Then goes and like starts taunting the fans and just go like just waving his hands like he's doing a completion pass like it's like, What are you doing? You are losing by a lot. How? You're getting pounded. Like the fans are laughing at you. <laughs> like and I I know the greatest thing with football that seems so minor. The the clay pool and, and the clocking ball, that's major. But Oh, that was a major issue. Major it's t- major It's time for Tomlin to go. Yeah, Tomlin's lost control of his football. He <laughs> cannot handle this team. <laughs> like it, it's gotten really bad. It's, it's 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 not it's not just one issue or two issues or three. It's it's every week the players are, are just out of control. Yeah, I used to like Tomlin. I really did. He's a people's coach, but he's at the point where he's become too much of a people's coach. That he, he he can't put the hammer down. I think he's he's um,
0: Tomlin has become just a little like blowing things off. You know, like like he's in that situation where he's like, man, eh, whatever. You know, yeah, whatever. Let him, let him do whatever the fuck he wants.
1: But now it's affecting your team, like and. Your your team's in the playoffs, but you, but your team's considered more of a clown show than the Lions. Exactly, exactly.
0: I mean, it, well, you remember, I mean, all those years ago. I mean, we had we had you know, guy Antonio Brown, and you, you've had, I mean, all these different guys, um, you know, just doing their TikToks and whatever else. And there's a level of arrogance with the Steelers players.
1: Um, um, imagine if you if, if they if they hired a drill drill sergeant cower in for the day. That team would be crying. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he'd be he'd be spitting all over himself. <laughs> like I hated Cowher for very biased reasons, but Cowher was not a people's coach. He was <clears throat> a coach that put the hammer down, and it worked. And Bill Cowher was a good coach. That's the thing. I great push. Like he was a great coach.
0: He really was. And and I'm just yeah, I, I'm blown away by by. The stupidity that that has come into the Steelers organization in form of these young players that that just basically do whatever the hell they want. And that Tomlin's not like, I'm tired of this shit. You need to quit. And um, whether or not the Steelers will get rid of Tomlin, I mean, I don't think they will. I don't think they will, but there
1: needs to be a conversation. Yeah, he's he's um, because it's on the players, but it's ultimately on Tomlin. He is in he's gotten himself into some trouble, though, is what it is.
0: I mean that's that's what this is at this point. He like he's he himself is is starting to get into that that area where his seat is starting to warm up I think and he's going to have to find a new quarterback and then once he finds his new quarterback whether it be Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers or whomever once he finds his new quarterback then you know you, he's his seat is warm but if he doesn't start excelling very quickly then his ass is going to be on fire and he's going to be gone so I, I think, you know, unless Tomlin figures it out and cools his own seat off, he's got about two years left. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, next up, Sunday Night Football, Cowboys beat the Washington football team 56-14, to just a dominating performance by the Cowboys. Um, not really, well, I mean, yeah, from a defensive side, from a defensive aspect, they they dominated. Micah Parsons had a little bit of a quiet game in this one, but um, Cowboys, man, they looked awesome. Dak Prescott looked awesome. Cooper Rush looked even. Cooper Rush looked awesome. This team was clicking, and man, oh man, through the air they just dominated the Washington football team. They were up what, what was it, forty-two to seven in the first half. I mean, that's, a, that's insanity to me. I don't.
1: It was I mean was insane.
0: No mercy rule. That's that's what it was. I mean, they just pounded Washington this entire game. Um, the Cowboys are, are they a Super Bowl contender, or do you think they're they're a team that gets eliminated in the divisional round? I've been
1: saying it for weeks. I still stand by them being a Super Bowl contender.
0: I think it's a, they're still divisional round guys. I think they're getting hot at the right time. I don't think we see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, but you know, to be honest with you, it would be a little bit nostalgic and a little bit of a breath of fresh air. You know, to be honest with you, of the teams that we've seen in the bowl over the course of the last several seasons, uh, Cowboys. I mean, I like them. I, I like what they're doing. Uh, Dak Prescott looked damn good in this game. I think there are some deficiencies with the Cowboys. But the, the problem
1: is, though, the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, it's going to be it, it's going to be thirty more years of we them boys.
0: Yeah, I know they're never going to let it go. They're never going to let it go. I don't. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I do think that they're going to wind up getting beat out, probably in like the divisional round. But. Um, yeah, they have looked damn good these last several weeks. Yeah, Back- I got
1: them my, my number three team in, in NFC right now, but I think they could very they they could on a good day beat beat the the Rams or the Packers.
0: Yeah, I, I think they could beat the Rams, Packers or Cardinals. They're they're a dangerous team. They are. I, I I really do believe that. But when it comes down to it, if they wind up in that divisional round against the Green Bay Packers, I think the Packers walk out with the W there. I mean, are you with me there? I I think it's all Packers all day.
1: I think it's Packers all day for sure.
0: Yeah, so I mean the Cowboys though they're they're a, a dangerous team. NFC East gets yet another different uh, winner of that division, and uh, last but not least, the Monday Night Football game: Dolphins beat the Saints twenty to three. Saints had two quarterbacks go down on the COVID list. Um, they they wind up trotting Ian Book out there, who, who did not play well. Um, Tua to Tonga another solid game from alltua here. I mean, it, it, the Dolphins—they've just been on. Uh, they started, didn't they? They start one and seven. I
1: mean, yeah, they've been on a eight-game,
0: seven-game tear, or whatever it's been. Yeah, seven-game tear. I mean, they, they started one and seven, and right now they're eight and
1: seven. Now here we are, and they're in a playoff situation. Yeah, they're actually in right now.
0: Yeah, I could see. We the currently
1: Dolphins. have three NFC, AFC East teams in the playoffs right now.
0: Wouldn't it be something to see the Dolphins, uh, uh, you know, in the playoffs, just you know, kicking ass? I mean, what if they continue this hot streak all the way to the championship? That'd be wild. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be wild. I it would blow my mind. But the Dolphins get it done. They go out and beat the Saints. Um, Saints go to seven and eight. Are we actually going to see the state, The Saints miss the playoffs? I think we are. I think so too. And I'm so
1: here for it. I think the only team on the outside coming in that really has a shot is the Vikings, but the Vikings have a tough schedule.
0: Yep, they got two tough games coming up here. They basically have to win out. So those are your scores for uh, Week 16 in the NFL. Tyler, we've got um, some some players that you thought rocked and rolled this week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into a little segment we like to call
1: Tyler's Top 10.
0: Tyler's top 10 and Tyler who are your top 10 this week give me him it was top heavy it was a little bit
1: number because I'm going to say number 10 and you're like wow 10 yeah well really it starts at nine number nine starts to think through craziness but number 10 Devontae Adams 10 receptions 114 yards and a pair of touchdowns.
0: that's kind of what we expected um he had himself a hell of a game I mean just dominated uh this this is Devonte Adams doing what he does, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. We know – I really do have a feeling that Devontae Adams, wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, Devontae Adams is going to go.
1: That's going to be a hefty price, so I don't think any team's really going to be able to afford it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could very well be the case. But if if any team could, I mean, let's say Houston or something, let's say somebody wants to go after those two, man, that's going to be an interesting situation. But Devontae Adams, yeah, he deserves to be here.
1: Because well, uh, picture, picture this, picture – Picture of Rogers cut the difference and saying, "Hey, trade me. I, I want to play my last year somewhere else." He, and him going to his new team, saying, "I only got one year left in it." Be Jacksonville, and Adams goes there too. And they say, look, Trevor, I got one year. Just hang out for a year. I'll teach you everything I know.
0: Yeah, hang out for a year and learn. That might be the best route. Um, you know, the the one thing that's worth mentioning about this this performance from Devontae Adams, though, and and I just want to bring it up. The guy he was lined up against was Denzel Ward. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's what I've grown to expect with Adams, though.
0: Yeah, but, but the fact that he was lined up against a guy as, as talented as Denzel Ward. Wow. Just wow. I mean, that, that should go to show you what he's capable of. I mean, just incredible stuff. Just Unreal.
1: Number nine is the returning A.J. Brown. 11 receptions, 145 yards, and a touchdown.
0: You know, he was quiet in the first half. And then right near near halftime, he started really kind of getting a stride. And then out of nowhere, A.J. Brown just blew up um, for the rest of the game. It was like nobody could stop him. Nobody could defend him. Nobody could shut him down. He was just, you weren't denying A.J. Brown. He was going to do what he wanted. And uh, he dominated that football game from from halftime onward. He dominated that football game. So yeah, he he definitely deserves to be here. He he was the the key player to the the Titans getting a W here, and and he's going to be a key player moving forward. We might be seeing Derrick Henry coming back. You could see the Titans at full strength. This team is Which now could be scary. It's dangerous. Um, AJ Brown. I mean. He's, I believe he's one of the best receivers in football when healthy. Um, he has had some health issues throughout his career. Um, I want to see him like play a full season 100% healthy, and I want to see if he can continue um, this kind of trend where he's showing that he is a true number one in this league. Um, because I haven't viewed him as that. I've viewed him as like a low-end number one for the last several years. Um, and I want to see if he he proves to be a really high-end number one. So we'll see if that, if that continues, uh, that way moving forward.
1: Number eight, Joe Mixon, 135 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. He didn't
0: get much on the ground, but he did get it, uh, quite a bit through the air. And, uh, he's been one of the best running backs in the league this year. He's number three in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe he is. Yeah. You know, when Mixon is healthy, he's tremendous. And, and we, we. A lot of people like kind of like looked down their nose at Joe Mixon last year because of the injury issue that he had, and and everybody thought as eh, guys an injury prone bomb, and you know he had a, a litany of of injury issues. This year he's been hurt a little bit, but you know it hasn't been as serious. Mixon's a good running back, and I think I think the Bengals have their guy for the long term. I really do. Um. Yeah, I, I like Joe Mixon a lot, and he had himself a hell of a game. I mean, I understand it's the Ravens' defense, which is probably why he's a little lower on the list, because it is the Ravens' defense that is filled with injured guys. But, uh, yeah, Mixon, wh- whether or not teams are injured or not, the fact that he put up the numbers that he did, he deserves to be here.
1: Number six, or I'm sorry, number seven, Josh Allen, three for 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns.
0: Josh Allen looked good against a very game Patriots defense um, that has shut him down all year long. I mean, that, that's what it is. I mean, Josh Allen, I, I think he's a, a really good quarterback, but I think that the, the Bills are putting a little too much on him. They need to get him a running back, don't you agree?
1: Yes, like, it's the one thing they've been lacking here, and it's, it's mind-boggling.
0: We've been bitching about it for a year now, that they need a running back, <laughs> and they still haven't gotten it. Um, yeah, I I just I I think they're putting a little too much on him. When he's on, he's on. But that whole team runs through him. If he's not having a good game, then then there is nothing else that is really going to dig him out of the the cellar there. So, you know, I I think they really do need to get him some additional help. But he's had himself a really solid couple of weeks here. I like Josh Allen a lot, and you were one hundred percent right when he got drafted, and you said that he was going to be one of the guys that that emerges. That's kind of what we're seeing here. So, yeah, Josh Allen, I, I I like this pick.
1: Number six, Damian Harris, 18 carries, 103 yards and three touchdowns.
0: I, I feel bad for poor Alex Steele. Um, he left him on his bench in fantasy football and wound up getting eliminated from the playoffs because he left him on his bench. <laughs> Just a painful experience for him. Uh Damian Harris I believe is the better running back over there between you know between him and Remadre Stevenson. I think a lot of people really like Stevenson, but I mean Damian Harris is the guy. And at the beginning of the season a lot of people thought he was going to blow up and, and myself included. And we've seen Damian Harris blow up and and really prove that he is, you know, the the best running back on that squad. So, yeah, I'm I'm really happy about this pick. And it's really exciting to see a a young running back, um, that the Patriots are probably going to, you know, and like, I know bill is really like grumbly about running backs. He's not, you know, the guy makes one mistake and he's going to bench him. But I really believe that bill Belichick likes this kid a lot. And I really believe that he's going to wind up being a a long-term running back for them as opposed to the, uh, running back carousel that we've seen for so many years in new England. I, I think they've actually got themselves a, a, a every down back.
1: Okay. I agreed. Number five, Rex Burkhead, 22 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns.
0: Weird game, I, I, Rex Burkhead. I mean, I can't this, – this is like the biggest game of his career, isn't it?
1: It has to be.
0: It has to be. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember the last time we heard anything positive about Rex Burkhead. Other than him being a yeah, team
1: speaking team, of New England running backs, he's one of the one one of the New England rejects, right?
0: And and here he is blowing up the the Chargers. I look, the Chargers' run defense has been bad all year, but my God, Rex Burkhead tears you up. What what in the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> um, but hey, good on him having a hell of a game. Do you think he takes over that number one running back role with the Texans?
1: <sighs> Maybe, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean. Texans have had a weird carousel of running backs all season.
0: Yeah, it's been strange ever since. Right that, now, it's
1: kind of flavor of the week.
0: Yeah, ever since that David Johnson trade, it's been like, hey, what the hell is going on here?" But yeah, Rex Burkhead. Hey, play the hot hand. Let him let him do what he's going to do. I'm with him.
1: <laughs> Number four, Justin Jackson, 162 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns.
0: You know, uh, we with Austin Eckler going down. um, you know, we wanted to see what who the, the backup running back was going to be, and it turned out to be Justin Jackson, who wound up having himself a great game. Um, great situation for for the Chargers, even though they lost. I mean, at least they know they've got a really solid backup running back. Um, Justin Jackson, I think he's a good running back. I don't know that he's a number one anywhere else. Uh, a lot of people do feel like he could be a number one and and good on him. But, I mean, to me, I think this is kind of a, an anomaly. I just think he – you know, had himself a, a really good game, and eh, okay. You know, <laughs> but but good on him for having a good game, even though they lost. I mean, Justin Herbert sure, hit, sure as shit wasn't having a good game.
1: Number three, Dak Prescott, 28-39, 330 yards, four touchdowns.
0: You know you're having a great day when you can get benched in, like, the, the middle of the third quarter, and they put Cooper Rush in. And, yeah. You know, they, that, that's basically what happened here. I mean, he looked calm. He looked collected. Him and uh, Amari Cooper were having a great connection. Um, and and weirdly enough, CD Lamb got less touches. Um, yeah, I mean, Cowboys are are looking dangerous. And and right now, um, you know, Dak Prescott's looking dangerous. I don't know if he's an MVP candidate or anything like that, but to me, he's he's one of the better quarterbacks in this league at this point. Um, you know, a few years ago, we, we were questioning whether or not he was going to be worth the money that the Cowboys were going to pay him uh, in this offseason when they when they did pay him. We questioned uh, I don't know if that was a good idea because his, his ankle, his whole foot got turned on backwards. Yeah, at this point, I mean, it's proven to be worth it. He's he's shown up and, and been one of the better uh, quarterbacks and, in league. So, I mean, but- I, I,
1: I, I want to point out that this is this. I've been a lot more right in the situation than you have been because you kind of predicted Dak to kind of fall off a little bit after that injury and not being worth the, the big contract he got. And I, I, I said it, that it's going to turn into him being undervalued in that contract. It's kind of looking that way.
0: Yeah, it is. It really is. I, I and I'll 100% say you were right in that situation. He's proven me wrong, and good, good on him for proving me wrong. Um, I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to wind up, you know, being worth that deal, honestly. And and usually, a lot of times when quarterbacks come off of injuries like that. They wind up not being worth it, but I mean,
1: well, it, and you don't normally see a major injury and then getting a the major deal while on injury. That's that, that was wild, and right, what a gamble.
0: Yeah, it was a gamble, and, and it looks like it's paid off for Jerry Jones, and and you know you could see the Cowboys, you know, competing here, and and that's the the scary thing is that we could be hearing "Weed Em Boys" for the next ten years, which would just you know, thirty, yeah, blow my brains out. So, so um,
1: one little. Honorable mention. He's he's not in any of our lists, but it's kind of want to point out because we're we're we've been officially in record watch. Right. I want to mention Cooper Cup briefly because oh. while he's not in our list and um going into last week, he was in that record watch for yards. And in the first of the last three weeks, he I believe he did more than the by a little bit of the average he had to have to, to hit it. So he's continues to be on pace. Yeah, he's he's um yeah, he's he's getting really
0: really really I mean, he had 136 yards. I mean, that that's huge. Um it it's can he break it? I he I mean, I I think it's looking like it. He's he's on pace for 1973 yards. So he is on pace to by about 9 yards at this current
1: moment. Yeah, cuz the record's 964. Yeah. He's and he's currently at 1734 so he, he needs to ave- he needs to average next two se- next two games 115 yards which is totally possible for cooper cup absolutely i mean it's totally possible especially I, I re- with, with considering who they're playing this week yeah it might be done this week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah
0: i mean against the ravens oh uh, yeah being, being yeah. riddled with injuries and shit it's you, but you could see a
1: cup two hundred
0: plus yard game.
1: Could be over this you week, which would which would appease you if you did it this week. <laughs> with the, with you know, doing it, it in seventeen, it wouldn't or appease 16.
0: me because, like, it's just like, eh, whatever, you know. But I think it would be really cool to see Cooper Cup do it. I mean, with, at that within point,
1: the sixteen game regulation versus the new seventeen.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, like, I, yeah, I, I kind of like just put an asterisk next to a lot of these records where where like, because like if a guy's going to break it in 17, OK, but like if a dude breaks it in 16, then you actually broke it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I know it's not going to be looked at that way in the record books. And but to me, yeah, eh, OK, you, you, you broke the 16 game record in 17 games.
1: Yeah, but you still can't take away from the fact that, like, it's still a legendary stat. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, we're looking at, and let's call it what it is, even if he doesn't break it, Matt Stafford's going to be involved the two most prolific receiving yard re- seasons of all time. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I thought about putting Dak one and moving the other two to two and three, but then given like, Dak only played like half of a game. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what, that, that would go against the... All the, the way I've done this rankings to the history of times, so I chose against it. But I'm gonna put one and two together, and that's Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. Um, t. Higgins was twelve receptions, one ninety four, two touchdowns, and Joe Burrow was thirty seven, forty six, five twenty five, and four touchdowns. And we had we had t- touched on the fact that they played a practice squad type of defense this week, but it doesn't it doesn't take away the fact that those are still two monsterish games.
0: Yeah, when when anytime you have. Joe Burrow going out there and, and putting up 525 yards. I think it was what fourth most in in a single game in NFL history.
1: Uh, something like that.
0: Yeah, I, it was it was you know right up there, um, and he wasn't very far off from being the most. I mean, we're talking 25 more yards. I mean, that's that's craziness to me. Um, but Joe Burrow, I, I think he's a, a great quarterback. I think he's a, a you know he's he's still developing. Whether or not anybody wants to admit it or not, he is still developing. Um, and, and he's developing into one of the better quarterbacks in this league. I think that's, that's what we're seeing. And as far as T Higgins go, I mean, I, I called him to be a number one guy when he was getting drafted. I said, this guy, I believe in this guy. I think he's a really big bodied receiver. It can make great contested catches. And that's what they've been using him for. They've been keen to his strengths. And it seems like T Higgins finally just kind of figured it out as far as becoming a number one receiver. I do believe that he is the better of the two between him and chase, but I mean, T. Higgins, I, I think he's special. I think he's a really special talent, and this game proves it. And And I'm hoping to see more of T. Higgins as as a long-term pass catcher for the Bengals or just anywhere in this league. I just think that i I've always really liked those big-bodied receivers because they're not the fastest guys in the world. But, man, they can go up and... Really fight for those contested ca- catches, and I, yeah, I, I'm totally in on T. Higgins. I I like him a lot. I wanted the Vikings to take him in the draft. And don't get me wrong, I am not upset that they got Justin Jefferson, but um, yeah, I I'm totally here for for T. Higgins, one hundred ten percent.
1: Yeah, one little note on that Ravens Bengals game. Um, so uh, did you see the interview where uh, the media tried to uh, bait Harbaugh? Yeah. Yeah, I did, and this I is did. one. This is one one reason why I love Harbaugh. I don't know how you feel on Harbaugh, but I, I like Harbaugh as a coach. I really, really do.
0: I do. I, I like
1: because as they, they asked him how he felt on because the Bengals were obviously trying to get Burrow that in the last drive they they were passing to try to get Burrow the franchise record and then potentially the record, right? And they were hoping that Harbaugh was gonna was gonna bitch about it, mostly because earlier in the season Harbaugh did the same thing with keeping the the uh, the uh, rushing the 100-yard rush game going. Right. And he bitched how teams would bitch about it. But Harbaugh owned up to all that and goes, hey, we got to stop him. Yep. That's- and I, I really appreciate that because he could a very easy fall into that spell of being pissy about it. But Harbaugh appreciates the game for what it is. Yeah. And I, and I admire him for that. Yeah, we've
0: seen um, a lot of quarterbacks in this league, or a lot of coaches rather in this league where they – they're they're like, oh, he was running up the score. We've seen that a couple of times. We saw it with the when the Patriots did it to the, the Bills a few years back. Oh, they're just running up the score, humiliating us. Bah, 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 bah. You know, Harbaugh is just he him and, and whether or not you like Jim, they're, they're they're both man's men in this situation. You know what I'm saying? And they're they're and and John Harbaugh is a man's man and he just kind of says, Okay, well, we gotta stop him. I mean, that's the game. And and
1: We've been on the positive end of that so many times, though, so I actually wouldn't be disappointed if he, if he responded differently, but I, I knew he wouldn't. Yeah, he, he wouldn't, and, and
0: it, that was absolutely on him. I respect that. I've always liked John Harbaugh as a coach, and I 100% respect um, the way he handled that situation. But, uh, Tyler, those are – that's Tyler's top ten. I've got five that I think you forgot about, though, so um, it's time for – Raytown's forgotten fun, and uh, I've got the the five guys that you forgot about that I think had themselves wonderful games that maybe weren't good enough to be on your list, but hell, they're good enough to be on mine. Uh, number five goes to Davis Mills, uh, 21 for 27, 254, and two touchdowns. He's a guy that we never thought we'd see on this list. Am I right?
1: Second week in a row.
0: Yep, and he makes the list. Um, and, and here we are Davis Mills. He had himself a hell of a game. I I know the Texans are talking about starting him, uh, moving into next year. I know the jury's still out on him, but good on Davis Mills getting it done against a very tough chargers passing defense. Um, he's made some throws in the last couple of weeks that have been like, wow, like that, that's that kid I knew from that, that Stanford pro day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he gets it done. I, I like Davis Mills a lot right now, at least right now. But we'll see how he develops. Uh, number four goes to Patty Mahomes, 20 for, 23 for 30, 258, fifty eight, three touchdowns on the day. You know they they dominated the Steelers. Um, the Steelers were very susceptible to to Mahomes and and the things that he was doing. And he goes out and just does Patrick Mahomes things, um, rips them apart and and gets the job done against the Steelers team that I think is about ready to go home. And I think Ben's about ready to go home. Uh, he's yeah. in for his Gump mode, you know. I'm pretty tired now. <laughs> so, Big Ben lines up uh, getting beaten down by the Chiefs and Patty Mahomes. Number three, Isaiah McKenzie of the Bills. 11 receptions, 125 yards. He gets a touchdown on the day. Um, strange guy to get that that amount of receptions, right?
1: It is. It kind of came out of nowhere, but he, he, he took the opportunity and he rolled with it.
0: Yeah. Do you think he winds up as a number one guy over there at some point? Do you think? I mean,
1: I, uh, I don't I don't know about all that, but I, I I think he's trending right. I think he had a good game and that if he continues it up, he could build that trust.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, number two is a guy I was super excited to talk about. It is your boy, not a starting running back. Sony Michelle, 27 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. Tyler, you said this guy was going to be released by week six.
1: Fantasy, which I was right. <laughs> well,
0: well you, <laughs> said, you said he was going to be off the. He said he wasn't going to be in the NFL by week six.
1: I said, and I, I said Justin's going to drop him by week six, <laughs> which was accurate. <laughs> but Here, Sony Michelle. here's the thing on Michelle. Here's the, here's the thing on Michelle. I I, I do believe I um he I do believe he's a, he's a decent running back. But what what I'm going to what I'm going to stand on is I I still believe that he, he couldn't be a, a 16 – or 17 now, a 17-game workhorse. I think he's, he's good when he, when he comes in, which is great for a team. He's, he's going to be a good 1B option. I don't think he's a 1A.
0: You know, I, I think Sony Michel is, is a good running back. I think he, he – um, I don't think he got a really, truly fair shake in New England. And, and they you know, he was good for, for the one year, and then he got the injury – and then Belichick never brought him back on. And then now he goes over to the Rams. And, you know, now that he's gotten the starts, I mean, is he going to overtake Cam Akers? No. But is he going to get a big contract? Yeah, I think so. I think he's on that way to getting getting a good size contract. Because now Henderson's out the rest of the year. Yep. And and Michelle has made a case for himself as a number one running back in this league. He's played well over the last five weeks.
1: They're, I agree. He's made the case, but I, I still don't. I think when when push comes to shove, like if if he started the whole year, he'd slow down in in the later half. I, I I do believe that, but I I also think that Cam Akers is gonna is gonna leapfrog him.
0: Oh yeah, Cam Akers is is the better running back. I believe.
1: I think yeah. Cam Akers has a shot to be like a top five type running back.
0: Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, and that's been a big problem for him so far. But Michelle looked damn good in this game. Absolutely. And, uh, what was that?
1: I said, absolutely.
0: Yep, and, and he has himself uh, a hell of a game. But number one, this guy, you can't even get away from him. Rashad Penny, 17 carries, 135 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 7.9 per carry, which is just crazy. I love it. Rashad Penny, you know, years ago when he got drafted, we were like, what in the hell is this? We sat on this show going, what the hell is Pete Carroll doing? And then in this game, he blows up. Now, could this be an anomaly? It could be.
1: They really Two could- weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, but, but out Every of no-
1: week he's been asked to be the starter, he's gotten it done.
0: Yeah, I, I think, do you, do you think this spells the end for Chris Carson?
1: Yes. And it also, spells, I, it also spells the end before it begins for Alex Collins. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. I think Alex Collins, uh, he proved that he can't be a number one. I, I think he proved that, at least not in this system. So I I think that's it. And that is uh, Freytown's Forgotten Five. Now, Tyler, I've got five guys that we can make fun of in your favorite part of the show. Freytown's Forgetful Five. Um, Number five goes to Ian Book um, in his first career start with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, You had two guys out with COVID, so Book gets the start. He goes 12 for 20 for 135 yards, two touchdowns. You know, what's your take on Ian Book,
1: Tyler? I mean, I know... It's- I, think, I don't think he's going to be very good. I, th- I think he got thrown into a shit show of everything going on, and it's kind of what we're looking at.
0: Yeah, he, he wound up in a situation where you're taking a very tough Miami defense. I mean, I don't think people realize how good Miami's defense is this year. I mean,
1: wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree.
0: Especially in, the, in this seven-week stretch. Miami's defense has just come alive. So Ian Book winds up as number five. Number four, this one I know you're going to be happy about, Taylor Heineke. Seven for 22, 121 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Now, Heineke's played hokey-pokey with the forgotten, with the forgetful. He's been on your list, I think, one time. Um, Bad game for Heineke against a very tough Dallas defense. We haven't seen the Dallas defense this good in quite some time, and, man. Heineke just gets pounded by him in this game. Uh, you know, I, you may be right about Heineke. And, and he, he's just, but the, I, I guess he's, the best way we could put him is streaky. That, that's the best thing I could say about Taylor. Yeah, Heineke.
1: yeah, I can agree on that.
0: Yeah, he, he shows up for one game and bl- sets the world ablaze. And then the next game, it's, eh, eh okay. So, Taylor Heineke. Number four on this list. Number three makes us both look like idiots. Jake Fromm, six <laughs> for 17, 25 yards and a pick. How painful was this to watch?
1: I was shaking my head the whole time. I was just like, God damn it. I was talking, I was, for two weeks, I was I was just raving that you're going to be good and you're just not, which leads me back to the path that it's a coaching problem.
0: Yeah. He made us look dumb, really dumb. But Jake Fromm shows that he's not all that, at least so far, in his first uh, NFL start. Number two, and we talked about it a little bit, number two goes to the Baltimore Ravens' pass defense. 5.25 through the air, four touchdowns allowed, no turnovers produced. Oh, what a mess.
1: Yeah, it it was bad. I'm I'm not going to undercoat that, but... The the team is is in disarray through really no fault of their own. Just injury bug, injury bug, injury bug. And this week you doubled it with COVID. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going back to something I said a little while back. I was angrier then, but I read something this morning that got me doubling down on it. This year, Ravens are are the number, number one team of most players in injured reserve. Yeah. Last year, they were number two with 20. It's time for the strength and conditioning coach to go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Might be the case. It might be time. Like it could, it could be a weird coincidence, but something that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't pass the smell test.
0: Yeah. There's a problem there. A lot of it is, and it's a lot of leg injuries. I don't know if you noticed that. A lot of leg and knee injuries for you guys.
1: Leg, knee, and Achilles.
0: Yep. Strange, strange times
1: in Baltimore. Strange is, is a way to put it. I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, but I I I I'm not usually one to, to um to go to call for the pitchforks like a lot of people do and, and you know that right. But something just feels weird in this one. I, I and it it might it it even if it, it might even just be one of those situations where he's like you know what it's been a bad rash of coincidences but we have to address it somehow and it may not be your fault but you may not, you might need to be the uh, Proverbial uh, thrown under the bus. The-
0: yeah. That might be the case. And uh, but number one, I mean, the Ravens defense wasn't the worst. We're gonna talk about the Washington uh football team defense here. 497 yards of total offense. Um 10 for 15 on third down efficiency allowed. They allowed 10 out of the 15 third downs. Um, they were outscored by the opposing offense 35 to 7. The, the team itself was down 42 to seven at the half. Um, part of that was because of a pick six. So they gave up 35 points in the first half. The Washington football team's defense, uh, tops out the forgetful five. Um, just a painful experience. That game was so one-sided in prime time, just rough, just rough to watch. So they, uh, they wind up as number one. Now, Tyler, we've got rookie rankings here to go through. I know you've done the uh, the combined math. You are the mathematician around here. So, um, I sent you mine, and uh, you put it all in. So,
1: hit me with what you got. Things got weird. It did get a little weird. We had players moving up and down. We had players moving up despite they despite playing bad, and players moving down despite playing good. Through no fault of just the, the the way that mine and your stuff went just that near near the bottom in particular. Right. Um players on the outside looking in, you got guys like Kyle Pitts, Sadafe Owe, Javante Williams, Devante Smith, Quiddy Pay, and Jeremiah Owuso, Coromoa.
0: Yep. All those guys.
1: Number I, ten. Up. Oh, go ahead.
0: I you know, and and one thing I will say is that I I had guys moved down um and and it's like you said through through no fault of their own they moved down um you know like especially in my top like for example i had my my top four and one guy that was in the top two last week moved down two spots because of good play by two guys that are in the top four um and he and he moved down a little bit so i mean it's it's,
1: and sometimes it's an interpretive too, right? Because the right. same two guys that you moved up, I actually moved down, which I'm surprised by.
0: So I and and I want to I want to see um, what where, where we wound up in this situation. Um, you know, as far as uh, uh, you know, how these uh, these ratings shook out. But it, at the bottom, I, ac- I actually had a little bit of a shake up as well. Um, I had I had a guy that had himself a a good game and he he started moving back up the list. So spoiler alert, he was in the top three. So we'll see how that works out.
1: But number 10, the guy who was out of it, despite actually playing a little poorly this week, moves back to the top 10. That's choice. That's Trey Smith.
0: Uh, You know, recently Trey Smith has has kind of, um, you know, moved down the list a little bit. Um, And I know he, he actually improved. Um, from last.
1: Well, his PFF didn't.
0: He did. He was at a 72.7 last week. This week said he said he's his, at a
1: 72 even.
0: He's at a 72.8. I'm looking at it.
1: All right. Maybe it changed again. I thought <laughs> it was like 74 last week.
0: No, he was at a 72.7. No, he's at a 72.8. Um, his PFF grade did go up. He he seemed to have stabilized himself a little bit. Uh, the Chiefs go out and, and have themselves a... Uh, a very fun time, um,
1: oh, just having fun with the Steelers. Well, yeah,
0: they 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 pounded him, um, and and last week, so he had two bad weeks in in fourteen and fifteen. Uh, Trey Smith, he he did not look good in weeks fourteen and fifteen, and he took he went down the list. He was ranked five a few weeks ago, and uh, he went down. And this past week, like I said, he kind of stabilized himself. I mean, overall, his he he walked out with a a seventy two or well, it was a 72 uh, blocking grade. So, I mean, you know, he had himself an all, right, uh, an all right day in that situation. But Smith, I like him a lot as a guard. I think he's one of the better guards in this league. Um, and and I, I do think it's a benefit partially of being lined up next to Creed Humphrey. But he's had himself a good season. And like I said, a, a couple of bad weeks these past two weeks. But like, I think he's kind of stabilizing himself and, and kind of reasserting himself. As one of the best guards in this league, so despite the the bad couple of weeks, he he's going to hold firm here for me, and I'm going to keep him right where I had him on on my list. But he winds up at number ten, where I think he does belong. But I do think there's a couple of guys that are on the outside looking in, nipping at his heels currently.
1: And and that's where I'm going to kind of go with this is um, just kind of break down how this goes because usually I'm um, basically how my score and your score. If if you put him at one, I put him at five. They like get an average score of like three and a half. Right. You know, three. That'll be three. But uh, in this case, because we both do an outside looking in, we do like the five outside looking in because the bottom of the list gets a little hairy. It so does. sometimes, so this is a situation where he's the ten spot, and his score should have had him like well in the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. He got a nine from you. He got a fourteen from me. Wow. Usually, usually someone who guys who is who has a low end top ten score and a very low outside looking in score, they're well in the outside looking in, but. Basically, from ten through all those guys outside looking in, was it's been it's been a shit show. It has been. But out, after the, after after this spot, the rest are kind of kind of forming groups now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's the it, it reminds me of, of the number seven spot in in the AFC playoffs. <laughs> That's what it is. They're all fighting for it. <laughs> but but number nine, and this is a pretty consistent number. The rest are were relatively consistent. Number nine, Mac Jones.
0: Yeah. Um, Jones. So he, he fell down the list for me, a couple of, for quite a bit
1: for both of us.
0: Yeah. The, the, um, the, the wind game where his arm strength wasn't enough to throw the football more than three times. And then, and then this past week, the, the interception issues and, you know, he, he has not looked good for about three weeks now. And, I, you know, it's not that I don't like Mac Jones, but the reality is he has not looked good for, for several weeks. And it's really taken him down the list because we were talking about a guy in, you know, the three and four spot. It's mm-hmm. not like Jamar Chase where he was in number one and he had like a three to four game cushion. This is a situation where he was climbing the ladder and has since come down that ladder and come back down. Yeah, the he didn't
1: had, he had, he had have a cushion. He moved his way up, but he was still, he, but he's in the middle of the, of the thick of it.
0: Right. And and he he plummets now. I mean, on my list, he was 10. Now he's sitting at nine total. Um, I graded him pretty harshly based on especially this game and the I can't throw the ball game because my arm is not strong enough. The guy needs to hit the weight room. And that's, that's my takeaway. He needs to hit the weight room. Uh, he looked like a rookie this past week. Uh, so Mac Jones, I, I think he's right about where he needs to be. But if he continues on this trend... There's going to be guys that are on that outside looking in that are going to wipe him completely off
1: the list. It's very possible because he, he, he ranked low on both of ours.
0: Right. So, I mean, he's, he's on his way right now to being on that outside looking in.
1: Number eight, Penny Sewell.
0: Yeah, I, I had him a, a little higher than you. Um, Sewell has been really good over the course of the last several weeks. Uh, he's, he was, at one point, he was the highest graded uh, offensive lineman, highest graded tackle among all offensive linemen for a little bit. Yeah, I, I like Panai Sewell a lot. I think he's he's rocking and rolling. And that's
1: the weird part is I think I we actually graded them both the same.
0: Wow. But like the, the
1: all over the the all I I had think about at seven, but the all over the place scoring kind of moves some guys below him higher just because like how they land on different different scores. Right. But so we're we're about on the same page when it comes to Sewell. Okay. Well I, I mean Sewell
0: um he, You know, everybody kind of thought that he was going to be the best offensive tackle out of this draft, and thus far, he, he's proven not to be, but he's starting to, to move up the list a little bit here and, and kind of reemerge as the guy that everybody predicted him to be. Everybody thought he was going to be a game-changing offensive tackle, and he's becoming that kind of offensive tackle. I think they've got their guy. Um, I think the- he had a
1: slow start, but I think he's coming to his own.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And it, it, it was a very, very
0: slow start. So, yeah, Penesul, he's, he's about where he needs to be. Is he Rashawn Slater? I don't think so. Is he Creed Humphrey? I don't think so. But is he a very good offensive lineman out of this draft? Yeah, I think he's been really solid, particularly over like the last six weeks, seven weeks. He's been something to really behold. And I think the Lions have their their guy. I really do think that they should be keeping him at that left tackle position as opposed to kicking him out to right tackle. I think he's better as a left tackle. And Agreed. they need to be there to protect the blind side.
1: Numbers. I'm gonna put number seven, number six together because uh, they grade the same. And fun fact: for the first time, I graded someone lower than you did.
0: You you graded somebody lower than I did.
1: Yep. Um, number seven is Jalen Waddle. Number six is Jamar Chase in a tie. I actually graded Waddle higher than 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 uh, Chase this week. Yeah. Um. And that's because yeah. it came to my attention that. That Jalen Waddle is five receptions away from the Anquan Bolden receptions rookie record.
0: Wow, uh, you know Waddle has been a key target for uh, um, Tua over there in Miami. One of the big problems that you have for for Jalen Waddle is like there were games where I was looking at his numbers, he would get like eleven receptions for like sixty
1: yards. It was yeah. just so dink and dunk. It, it just made no sense. And so, you know, where <laughs> we're at, if you took Jamar Chase week one through eight and Jalen Waddell eight through nine through uh, 16, you had the best receiver in football. Oh, no doubt. No but doubt. they both had these weird streaky moments. It appears that Chase might be on his way out of it. Yeah. He's, but it's hard he's, to say because he had a hell of a game this week.
0: Yeah, he seemed to be stabilizing himself. One thing I want to say about Jamar Chase in this situation is you know he he came back up my list because he had that 125 yard performance and and that's great and Jalen Waddle I mean and him are, are like neck and neck as far as like I mean when we're talking about PFF grades and things like that I mean these guys are right on top of each other. Yeah, because
1: because you I believe you put them at seven and eight. Yeah, I put Jamar Chase at seven and Jalen Waddle at eight. And I and I had them flip flop, but a, a little bit higher on the list.
0: Right. Um, and and Jamar, you know, it seems like he's just like Trey Smith, he's kind of stabilizing himself a little bit. But one thing I will say is the when Jamar Chase had that big game against the Ravens, you notice that when his decline happened, happened after that big game versus the Ravens. Um it's why I couldn't put him like I couldn't catapult him up the list because he was taking on a very injury-prone Ravens defense. Now I understand that's not his problem and it's not his fault. But at the same time, you know, that's kind of where he's sitting a little bit lower. I had him at seven. Um, and then Waddle, like I said, I mean, he, he gets a lot of targets and, and he's emerged the last few weeks. Yeah, he has. Um, the, the big issue for Jalen Waddle is the slow start. He got a lot of catches for like very minimal gains. Um, you know, it, if you're, if you're catching 12 targets in a game, but then you wind up with 60 yards, I mean, are you really being productive at that point?
1: You know, so but that's it's also that's also game plan too. Not not exactly his fault either.
0: It's not, but but I also I just gotta point out, like, hey, you know, we're we're talking about a guy that we're not sure is is um we're we're talking about his reception or his receptions record, which is great, but then but then he's like not being productive with it all at the same time. Does that make sense? So, oh, I no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I I can't sit there and, and in good conscience, say, well, you're going to be above... I, and then I had him above Jamar Chase last week because Jamar Chase was plummeting. But Jamar Chase seems, like I said, to have stabilized himself and moved himself back up the, the rankings here. So that's why Jamar Chase is above Jalen Waddell, in my opinion. Um, and, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think they're both good receivers. I think they're, they're both probably the best receivers out of this draft. Um, and, and they're going to be neck and neck for for years to come you're you're gonna see these two guys kind of their careers are gonna kind of parallel each other
1: yeah a- and i th- i i th- i think you could eventually see uh in other years a guy like bateman kind of come and catch back up with them yes, i agree i think the injury kind of hurt bateman i th- i th- i think you're gonna see a a different type of bateman next season
0: yeah i think you will so i mean i but, i
1: but r- but right now totally waddle and bateman or waddle and uh Chase are kind of the uh, the standard of, of that class at this moment in time.
0: I agree, I agree, and that's why that's why I've got them right next to each other. Like I said, we'll we'll see if Jamar Chase can can continue his trajectory upward for the next couple of weeks. But you know, I want to see if he can because it, we I have questions about whether or not he's capable um, after seeing what we saw for the last five six weeks um, the, the the massive fall off. So. I want to see what he can do. Right now, Jamar Chase, as far as the rookie receiving record, he needs to put up about 100 and I believe it's 19 yards per game for the next two games in order to break the rookie receiving record uh, currently held by Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so,
1: he's likely not going to get it, but it's not completely out of yeah, range either. Yeah. But, but based on his average, he's not going to get it. Right. So but, we'll see how it works out. Either way, you're looking at a huge win for, the, for LSU for the second straight year we're talking yeah. colleges.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Number five, Nate Hobbs.
0: He went up my list in a big way. In a big way. It was the first time on my list that I had him in the top three. Um, I like Nate Hobbs. I've been big on him all year. Um, since since I, I noticed he got put in and, and you know, blew up as a, uh, uh, as a corner. You know, he was a backup corner. Really, he was a nickel corner, um, fifth highest grade rookie, or graded rookie at one point. I mean, I I like Nate Hobbs.
1: I really he, do. Yeah, he had he had a middle season, kind of a slump for a bit, but he's kind of moved his way back up a little bit, a little here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've been he was he was the highest graded slot corner um, throughout the month of November. Um, can't can't go wrong with him. I I just a lot of people are are like I know he's kind of like quietly. I know we think you think he's a good player. I really hold him in a in a much higher regard um, than than most people are going to. I, I I am because I I see the consistency that that a lot of people aren't seeing. I mean his his grades have been tremendous according to PFF and and you know. It, <laughs> The, the guys he came out of nowhere. He really has. He's come out of nowhere. Um to, to be one of the better corners in this league. And I'm I'm snagging his his uh grades right now. I believe it's 78 five. Yeah, yeah. He's he's up there and and is getting better and better and better and better. And I, I just I had to put him in my top three. I mean, just the, the consistency is the big thing for me as far as Nate Hobbs go.
1: But the middle of the season, he wasn't he, – he, he, I don't want to say he was bad, but he, he kind of slowed down a little bit.
0: He, he had a, a very small slowdown. But my, my thing about Nate Hobbs, like, let me – 78.6 overall, 77.7 run defense, 75.5 pass rush, 76.6 coverage. That's consistency across the board, across the board. I mean the the guy is a solid player. I, I really like Nate Hobbs and and looking at his his um, oh I don't I don't dislike Nate Hobbs. I like Nate Hobbs a lot. And looking at his his premium stats, I mean like his his week to week, I mean, we're talking about a guy that that I mean 78, 73, 66, 64, 72, 69, 65, 63 and that was a part where he had his little slump. But then again, 75 69 68 i mean like he he has been rock solid so wait
1: ho- wait hold on hold on hold on hold on do you, do you have a uh, PFF account yes i do okay i was i was wondering cuz like cuz cuz obviously we've talked about it, I, don't, I don't i don't use it the way you do but like how's he seen week to week like, I get lock lock lock. lock. <laughs> like okay, it's all becoming clear now. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I and I'm look, I've just been looking over his week to week and I'm going, <laughs> It doesn't
1: surprise me, but it's just funny.
0: <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at his week to week grades and I I'm I'm impressed and you are right. He did have a slump. And I'm looking at it right now where his especially particularly in his coverage um, you know, 56, 58, 54, 56. It was a four week slump. But he still been rock solid I think the one part where Nate Hobbs could improve would be his tackling his tackling
1: and and, and I'm I'm not arguing with you there I I, Nate Hobbs has been high on my list for a good part of this season
0: right I mean and and I I I just I, I put him up in the top three I think he's that good and and I think he deserves to be there I I just I can't get over how good this guy has turned out and he keeps getting better week over week I mean, for a while he was a, a seventy-five, and now he's up to a seventy-eight point six overall score. I mean, as far as Pro Football Focus, and and I get it; it doesn't tell the whole story, um, you know, there's Pro Football Focus grades. But I really do think that this guy has has turned out to be one of the biggest surprises of this draft, and absolutely very pleasant supl- surprise for the Raiders here. I think he's a number one corner over there.
1: No, I th- think you're you're definitely right. Um, number four is Javon Holland.
0: Yeah. Meteoric rise over the course of the last eight weeks. Um, he just gets better and better and better every time, doesn't he?
1: Every week. And this week he was a big part of that team.
0: Yeah. I, um, you know, I, what I see from him, I, I, you know, he, he, he's really great in pass coverage. And and he's really great in run defense. Those are the two things that I've always really liked from Javon Holland. Um, he reminds me of like a, a like a new age Harrison Smith the way he plays. Um, good in coverage, good in run defense. Harrison Smith was always a, a run um, a run support type of safety that was good in coverage.
1: Harrison and, Smith slash poor man's uh uh, uh fucking Palomalu. Yeah. But yeah. much better in coverage.
0: Yeah, much better in coverage. Good in run defense. He, I mean, like his his grades uh, as far as pro football focus goes. You're looking at a 76.3 run defense grade and 82.2 coverage grade. Um, that's that's what you need out of a star safety. Yep, that's that's what you want. Uh, and it's and-
1: it's just a shame to me, and 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 I, I get so bitter. And maybe it, maybe it's partially because I'm biased, because because the team he went to, but this team could have the Holland. Fitzpatrick show they could and they it's could. so sad that they don't imagine trade him for nothing
0: guys at safety imagine having the two of them at safety
1: you um, have Mika Fitzpatrick yeah. and Javen Holland oh my god
0: yeah yep and and he's he's turned out to be awesome for Miami and Miami's you know they're on a, a trajectory where they could wind up in the playoffs this year um, this guy's only allowed 10 receptions in, in his, in the, the league or in the um, entire season. Uh, I mean, that's, that's tremendous. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good tackler. He, he doesn't have very, he only has five missed tackles on the year. I mean, I guess this guy is something. And, and I think um, ultimately Miami got their, their stud safety. If they get themselves another good safety over there, could you imagine how volatile that secondary is going to wind up being? I know that's scary.
1: It. We're, we're in a situation where if you, look, if you do like the looking back in the draft, Miami's in the top three drafts. Oh, no doubt.
0: No doubt. They, they drafted so well. It's amazing.
1: Chargers, too.
0: I agree. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Speaking of Chargers, number three, Rashawn Slater. Slater um, has consistently you know, been right here all season.
0: Yeah, he's he's been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. Um he stayed put, you know, he he actually went up my list by one spot. Um in spite of the Chargers having a bad game, he actually improved from last week, which is um surprising. Again, another guy very Nate Hobbs like where we're talking about consistency and and I think Rashawn Slater has been very consistently good for the Chargers across the board. Um you know, He's a lot. I predicted him to be the best offense attack lot of this draft. I said I didn't think he was going to be Penaisul, and and so far it's proven to be hundred percent true. Uh, he, he's played extremely well, um, and and really, you know, every player kind of goes through a slump. Not this guy. He's had like an off game here, an off game there. I mean, if you could if you could ever say that there was a slump, it would have been like last week's game against the, the Giants, the, or the week before, rather, against the Giants. But even last week, you know, in the loss, I mean, he still wound up, you know, looking all right. So I, I like Rashawn Slater. I think he's, he's uh, uh, the easily the best offensive tackle out of this draft, and I think that he is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. He deserves to be as high as he is on this list. Um, I'm big on Rashawn Slater, and I, I'm going to continue being. I wish the Vikings had gotten him. I really do. I really wish the Vikings had gotten that guy because that would have completely changed that offensive line.
1: Number two, who represents the actually the, the biggest PFF grade rise of all of our top 10 this week is Micah Parsons. Yeah,
0: Micah Parsons. So I, I was looking at Micah Parsons and what set alarms off for me for Micah Parsons was... Mm-hmm. Something I said last week, and one thing I noticed last week, and that was the run defense and the coverage grades. And even though his coverage grade has gone up over the last two weeks, the the run defense and the coverage grades
1: are blah. And then you look at his pass rushing grade, and and, and we and we talked about that, I believe, on the air is like, with his position. It kind of comes to the territory. If you, you look at any of the studs, they're. They're going to have one category in which they're they're not great because they're usually not doing it.
0: Yeah, and and it's not to say that Micah Parsons is is a bad player. Um, it's not to say that Micah Parsons. You know, uh, it, 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 he just kind of me kind of seems like a almost like a one trick pony, where I I just am not seeing the other things that come from being a middle linebacker. You know, like. Oh, there's a, most of the little linebackers are, are guys that are going to be dropping into coverage. I mean, if, if, I, I, to me, I think Micah Parsons should be played as an outside linebacker at this point, rather than a middle linebacker. I mean, you, I I would tend to think he should be on the outside. I, Dallas if,
1: runs a three, four, correct?
0: I, I'm not sure I'd have to look into that, but I, I just see, you know, eh, Okay. Blitzing middle linebacker—that's cool and everything, but that's his his one big trick. And and w- eventually somebody's going to figure out how to slow him down.
1: See, I don't think I, it's going to happen because I because I could also I could say the same thing on like tjy He's more of a one-trick point in a way, but he's damn good at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so okay. Dallas is a three-four, so they have two middle linebackers. So usually with that, and, and you know as well as I do, usually you have one of the two is usually a better pass rush, and one's usually better in coverage. And they, they have, they definitely have their rusher. Yeah.
0: Like oh,
1: yeah. he's, he's going to be the pass rusher. He's pass rush, um run, run defense. He's great. I I agree. He's not great in coverage, but that's not what he's designed to be. And I, and, but that's okay. I mean, you can say the same thing about TJ Watt.
0: Yeah. He's, he's designed to be a pass rusher. That's, that's what he's designed for.
1: That's, that's his, his big trick there. I and- I think you're looking at a guy that's. Granted, it's one season I think you're looking at a guy that if you're putting money on it you, you you're probably gonna make out on, on a future Hall of famer type player
0: yeah I agree I do agree with that um, I just think that that uh, like I said I I for a guy who's a linebacker I mean maybe it's just me and I know I know three how three fours are run and, and whatever the case may be I expect to see a guy that can that can cover and that can be good in run defense which seems like he's not very good in run defense either I mean only a 55 point seven run defense grade um, and, and it's been that way basically all year long, um, his run defense. I mean, week over week, especially right here starting in week four, it was 52, 61, 39, 51, 48, 48. Against the Giants, he put up a 37. I mean, like, that's he's he's not very good in run defense. And and so I, I'm kind of like, oh, eh, no. But as far as a pass rusher, a pure pass rusher, I'm hundred percent on board with,
1: but uh, if you were to compare the the, the grades of all, like of all the middle linebackers, you'll you'll see that you're going to see a very similar situation. Yeah. Is all I'm saying,
0: I might, you know, but I, that's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at Micah Parsons right now. I I just kind of see him as a kind of a one trick pony. And uh, yeah, I I don't, you know, it would be one thing, like if he was, if he was tremendous in run defense, like if we were, if we were talking about like, man, this guy's good uh, against the pass rush and he's great in run defense. And you know, because I mean, it's kind of up the same alley. You know, like you're you're blitzing up the middle, okay? Like it it kind of just seems like the coaches are saying that quarterback right there, that is your job and that is your only job. All I want you to do is a- attack that quarterback and that's it. And and that's he goes okay, and then he goes out there and he attacks the quarterback and lets kind of the running back do whatever the hell he wants to God, do.
1: You got me thinking of a movie now. What was that? You got me thinking of a movie now. I'm oh. thinking it's just going. Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, he's just no, like
0: I, I don't, I don't just say But, you know, so I, I just, every, I, every linebacker
1: has their niche. And I, I think it's always kind of been the case. And I, so I, I'm not going to fault them for it. I, I, I get 100% where you're coming from. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm
0: at with Micah Parsons.
1: But that but means number, number one. But, but number one, um, I mean, we we're talking about consistency. And every single player on this list has had a game in which they've had a dip down in, in, Whatever the case may be, but number one really hasn't, Um, and and his grade actually continues to move up despite there not being much room to move up, and that's Creed Humphrey.
0: Guy's amazing. Creed Humphrey's a stud. Ninety-two point two overall, number one safety and or uh, center in football. Run blocking grade ninety-three point eight. It doesn't get much better than that it really doesn't. The only way he's going to get better is if he takes a 77.2 pass blocking grade up. I mean, look at I mean week over week over week, this guy he's he's great. He's amazing. He had a little dip in pass coverage, at, you know, early on, but I mean, man, what a what a steal in this draft. I actually said when I when I did my my mock drafts when the draft was coming, when I was doing my mocks, I was saying, oh, this guy he's – Iffy, I don't know, you know, and I, I, I said that I wasn't sure about him. Man, did he shut me up real quick because, holy smokes, I, I just, I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed. It's, it's not often that you see such a, a. I mean, the last time we saw such a game-changing type of interior lineman, Quentin Nelson. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the last time we saw a guy with that level of talent. So Creed Humphrey topping out, the, and, and I'm, I'm totally with it. I, I think this guy's amazing, don't you?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: So with that, that is our um, rookie rankings for uh, this week. Now, Tyler, we're going to take ourselves a quick break. We got some news around the league. COVID, 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 baby. Lots of COVID. <laughs> and uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into our news around the league. We're going to get our predictions out there, and uh, we'll be right back or right here on the outside blitz at it's your time massage you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors but in a more intimate and personal setting with four years experience massage therapist and owner amanda yata's goal is to help people in a natural way offering swedish deep tissue pregnancy aromatherapy and sports massages you will feel better and have more energy in just one hour It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: ladies and gentlemen, are you ready, are you ready, get ready now. Get ready.
1: And welcome back to the Outside Blitz, I'm your host Tyler Dean. Yeah. Okay. I can leave again.
0: (laughs) And I have your call. I
1: I I heard your sad ass on your solo show. I can leave again.
0: Oh, I was talking shit, mad
1: shit. (laughs) You were sad. I can I can see it in your voice. (laughs) I
0: was I was waiting for the moment when you actually listened to it to just see all the mad shit I was talking.
1: I'm well, not gonna respond to it. I'm just gonna because like, I've learned how to, I, I've learned how to shut you up and that's by pure just avoidance. <laughs> I just do shit just to bother but, you. But <laughs> honestly, when it when it comes to us, like we're like we're, we're the Joker and Batman. What's the what's the classic line? Like it's like if I didn't have you, what would I do with myself?
0: Yeah, exactly. I well see the thing is is like messing with you in person is so much better than messing with you like over this, because like a lot of times, I can tell when you're annoyed just by your facial expressions. So I'm like, ha, I got him.
1: <laughs> but then on the flip side, though, you, you can also tell when I'm in a complete zone. Like, okay, like he's he's in complete fuck off mode, and he's not going to stop. He he does not care. Because I because while I get annoyed easily in certain things, I am the ultimate casual b- b- bear poker.
0: Oh yeah, poker face. Easily. Like, <laughs> and, and when you're trying to annoy the shit out of me, like like you. I, I always joke. He's a shady little bastard. And but like, but it's but
1: it's not usually obvious to, to the to the naked eye.
0: Oh yeah. Well well that's and it's it's created a, a degree of paranoia in me. <laughs> it really has. Like like every time you you make a move, I'm like that shady little bastard. <laughs> right away. Like I don't even question it anymore. I'm just like like my first instinct is he's a shady little fucker.
1: I've put myself into guilty until proven innocent with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. with, with you? Yeah. So, Tyler, we've got news around the league. A um, lot of COVID stuff. A lot of COVID stuff. I wanna It's
1: burn- really bad right now.
0: Yeah, it's horrible. I want to burn through all the COVID and injury stuff first thing. That's what we're going to jump into. I'm going to start out with the 49ers. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, he fractures his thumb. He tears a ligament in it. It was originally thought it needed surgery. Now doctors say it doesn't need require surgery, quote-unquote, right now. Um, he could start Sunday versus the Texans. Um, I think this is a risky play by the Niners. I know they want to get back to the bowl, but I don't think that this is a team that we're going to see in a Super Bowl this year. And Jimmy G, I mean, he's the only viable quarterback that they have. I really don't buy Disagreed. Trey Lance right now. Um.
1: I think yeah. Trey Lance is going to be the guy with with, with, with an ample time to, to use the number one team, which he'll, he'll get a chance to do when Garoppolo, Garoppolo goes elsewhere next year.
0: Yeah, I think he goes elsewhere next year. And, and with this uh, this thumb injury, do you think it's smart to be starting Garoppolo?
1: No, I think you put Trey Lance in right now. I mean, you, you have a, a little bit of a buffer right now in a game that's losable.
0: Yeah, I mean... You give
1: Trey Lance a shot, I think you'll be surprised in that Trey Lance can go out with a little bit more time, a little bit more practice time because trey lance first had to come in relatively early yeah i think i, I agree with i think that. lance blows up yeah and, and it could and, it could happen and, and even if he doesn't it's like
0: i don't know i'm not sold because of his, his earlier performances this season where they were nothing to behold
1: no they weren't but at the same time and and we use the same argument to shit on Urban Meyer is. Um, there is something to be said about having the rapport with players, and Trey Lance has been only with the second second team crew. Right. Give him an entire training camp and, and and whatnot with the number one crew. I think Trey Lance is a top fifteen quarterback. And that could very well be the case. And right now, that's obviously not the case. But there is something to be said about having trust with your team. I agree. One hundred percent,
0: I agree. So I mean, and that's, that's
1: where Trevor got screwed over by he, half the time. He didn't get the chance to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a huge thing. Um, speaking of, of, uh, the Jags here, they go and place, uh, safety, Andrew Wingard on the COVID reserve list, COVID going around like crazy. That's a, a loss for them. Not having no, a starting safety out on the field. Um, you know, the Jags, I mean, they're already in a bad, bad place anyway. Um, they're they're going through the the ringer here. We'll talk about their their the coaching fiasco shortly here. But I mean it's not a huge loss for them, but at the same time, it's still I I mean I I guess is it really a loss for them if they're going for that number one pick?
1: (laughs) No, it's not. It's like I said last week. The the Jags are going to lose on purpose. They they're not gonna do what the Lions did. They're not gonna do what the Jets did. The Jags are gonna get their one pick for the second year in a row. Because of stupidity from other teams.
0: Yep. That's kind of how it's looking right now. That really is. So the Jags do that. Um, the Colts, same division. The Colts activate linebacker Darius Leonard, wide receiver Zach Pascal, safety Kerry Willis off the COVID reserve list ahead of the game versus the Raiders. So they do get some things back. But as we said earlier, Carson Wentz will not be on the field. Do you think the Colts have a chance? <sighs> And they also, just so you know, um, because I, I had it in two separate things, the Colts did activate guard Quentin Nelson, guard Mark Glowinski, defensive end Kamoko Teray, uh, cornerback Rakia Sin, all from the COVID list as well. So they got activated earlier this week as well. So, you know, they, they're getting key cogs back, but can they get a W in a, in a tough game now without Carson Wentz?
1: Against the Raiders, no. You don't think so? I I think the uh downgrade from Wentz to what's his dick is pretty okay. massive.
0: What's his dick? Sam Ellinger. Oh, I'm gonna call him old what's his dick. That's that's gonna be Sam Ellinger's new name on the show. Sam
1: Ellen Ellen dick, whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sam Ellinger. Old but, What's
1: his dick. But my point here is that's a big downgrade from number one and number two quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Um if they win it's going to be on the back and not even not not like not like it's Ben but like twice as much on the back of Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor.
0: Taylor yeah it's Jonathan Taylor that's that's it it's the Jonathan Taylor show so i, I agree with you there 100% I, I think i think that Jonathan Taylor is the heart and soul of that team and and they're going to have to to really cuz Wentz
1: has been up. been quietly playing Almost as good as that fourteen and two Eagles season.
0: Now, if you're the Raiders, no one's
1: talking about it, but he's playing almost as good.
0: Now, if you're the Raiders, do you just sell out and stop the run and just man-to-man coverage all game
1: long? Yeah, you, you man-to-man all day. You make them have to pass.
0: Yep, that's what I well, that's what I think they'll do. Um, and then uh, speaking of the Raiders, they went and placed Darren Waller. And uh, defensive tackle Kendall Vickers on the COVID reserve list, so they lose a couple of key cogs. Um, that's a sort of a big one. Obviously, they haven't had Waller all year, so it's it's been kind of hindering them. But you know, just when you think Darren Waller is going to be, you know, right back out there on the field and doing his thing, he winds up on the COVID list. Um, big hit for the Raiders. Do you think that they'll still? You still think they'll be able to get it done? Correct.
1: I think so. I do. I think with Derek Carr in the field, as long as Derek Carr doesn't go down, they're going to be in good shape.
0: Yeah. Um, the team that the uh, Raiders beat last week, the Broncos, um, first of all, they placed the wide receiver Tim Patrick on the COVID reserve list. I think that's a hit for the Broncos. Um, technically speaking, he's their number, number three, I guess. You could, you could say that. I mean, you got Judy and you got Sutton and you got Tim Patrick. I mean, you might be able to call him like 2A and 2B between him and Judy. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, a tough loss for the, for the
1: Broncos, am I right? It is. Uh, I, I I do. I know you're not a big fan of uh, Tim Patrick. I like him as a three. Well, I, but I, I think I like Tim Patrick. She's more of the, about the about the overpay. But.
0: yeah, I I don't. I wasn't crazy about his pay. Um, but I I Tim I Patrick as a receiver. I just uh, you know a number three guy getting the amount of money he got debatable.
1: But, but he's he's second in yards for the team. He's right neck and neck with with Court Sutton. I I think it'll be a hit for a team, but I think we're already well past the hit because they're starting Drew Locke, and that's like starting me.
0: Yep, and that was the next thing I was going to get to. The Broncos quarterback Drew Locke is expected to start versus the Chargers as Bridgewater remains out with it. that scary concussion that he suffered a couple of weeks ago.
1: You're better off starting Josh Rosen, and I yep. actually mean I actually mean that.
0: You, I know you hate Drew Locke. He's uh, not good. he's he's not as bad as as Josh Rosen. I don't think anybody could be as bad as Josh Rosen. you're, you're right. he's not he's not as bad. he's worse. No, he's not. Come on now but he's he's not you know it, it yeah I, I would put Rosen in the same area as like Nate Peterman. but
1: yeah well, Nate this, Peterman's better than drew Locke too but no, it, I digress.
0: I, I disagree with that. I, I know you're not a lot guy. Um, But I think Drew Locke is a high-end second stringer. You're just holding. You're just holding out. He's not a high-end. He's a
1: he's a high-end third stringer.
0: No, no, he's a high-end second string guy at oh. this point. I I mean, I, I will say you were right that he he was not a starter, but he's a high-end second string guy
1: at this point. And um, I'll give you. I'll, I'll meet you to the middle at low-end second string. <laughs> you really hate him.
0: <laughs> he's not good. He's yeah, I and mean, he's. I'm not saying he's some type of world beater here. I'm just saying he's a higher end second string. And, and he is. He, he's, he's a higher end second string guy. He, he can come in and start a game or two and be perfectly fine. He's a serviceable backup. Very serviceable.
1: I disagree. But we, we can agree disagree on that one.
0: Oh, okay. Well, but yeah, that, that is um, what's going on over in Bronco Land there. Um, also in the same division, the Chargers they went and activate defensive end Joey Bosa, wide receiver Jalen Guyton, uh, defensive back Kimon Hall, uh, their center Corey Lindsley, and the other defensive back Trey Marshall from the COVID reserve list. So Chargers get some stuff back. You know, I didn't know they were missing so many pieces.
1: <laughs> Did you? Well, COVID's coming right through. Like it's just it's hard to even keep track of who's all not on the team.
0: Yeah, I mean just going through the the list of guys that were out was just insanity to me. I I I was just the guys that are out and the guys that are returning and the guys that are I mean just wild. Just freaking wild. So I mean that the Chargers they get some key pieces back and hopefully for their sake they can they can uh, make their way back into that playoff picture. I mean that they were in. I, I think it's and obviously we do have to take one of your bold predictions off the board. Uh, the Chargers are not winning the division, so we have to no, take, no, yep. no. We take that bold prediction off the board. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a tough go for them. And then in the same division, speaking of the division winners over there in the AFC West, uh, the Chiefs get a ton of activations off of their COVID reserve list. First of all, the big one, Travis Kelsey, he returns from the COVID reserve list. He practiced Wednesday. Um, he's likely to pra- play on Sunday versus the Bengals. Um, they also got kicker Harrison Butker back, uh, defensive back Armani Watts, defensive back Rashawn Fenton, and their punter, Tommy Townsend. Uh, they got all those guys back from the COVID list. So the Chiefs kind of getting back to full strength. The kicker about this is they weren't full strength, but they were still winning games. I think that's a huge deal, and I think you may be absolutely right that nobody is going to beat the Chiefs um, leading into the end of this season.
1: And we're actually a game off from them ending up with the NFL's best record. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, right. they're already in, they're already a game up on AFC's best, but they're only a game behind the Packers. Yeah. They're, they're
0: looking at, at being the number. Well, right now they're, they're the number one eight game, game. game streak. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's a, it. You know, there were teams that could have put those guys down for the count and they failed to do it. It was, it's just brutal. Just brutal. I, I can't believe that, that, So many teams missed the bus there on on actually getting rid of the Chiefs. Um, Speaking of the the Chiefs, they've got a tough game this upcoming week against the Bengals, but the Bengals do have a few guys that are are down, though. The Bengals did place linebacker Jermaine Pratt on the COVID reserve list this week. Uh, The good news for them is they did designate Xavier Suefilo to return from from, uh, injured reserve this past week. So they will have one starter coming back, but then they got another one going out through the door, um, uh, back to the couch. So the Bengals, do you what do you rate their chances of beating the Chiefs this week?
1: I mean, they could, but I, I, I think the Chiefs are just too red hot right now.
0: I'm with you there. I think I think this will be a good game. It's looking like it could be your game of the week. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a real tight one. But we'll see how it how it turns out. Um, in the same division, the guys that the, the Bengals just beat, the Ravens, they go and activate QB Tyler Huntley, defensive tackle Justin Matabuki, and uh, the safety, Tony Jefferson from the COVID reserve list. So all those guys come off the list. How does that make you feel, Tyler?
1: I mean, it's nice, but I, I think we're in a situation where even before COVID, I think we're just too hurt.
0: Yeah, I, I think you
1: because minute. like even if we take all the code people off we're still at like 25 people in injured reserve it's 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 not good yeah it's
0: and you know we saw it last year you guys had a lot of guys on IR and a few years before that before even this podcast started we saw you guys had a lot of guys on IR one year i mean the, i don't know what it is I, you you may be right you may need to to get that um uh, that Strength. Yeah,
1: in in yep. in a bit of in a bit of breaking news, um not critical breaking news, uh Lamar Jackson who practiced yesterday doesn't practice today after after having a really bad limp in return. Oh boy. So it's probably gonna be the Tyler Huntley show.
0: Do you think he was dragging around like poop in his drawers and he was just trying to keep it in there? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um no, I I Oh god I, I think I, the, the serious note here is I, I think that they were too optimistic on that injury. Cause it was a pretty bad ankle injury.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty serious one. Um, and, and I think I honestly, I don't see the Ravens as contenders this year. Um, uh, cause even,
1: among- even with like, even if Lamar was a hundred percent healthy this week, I don't think it matters. And it's outside of, it's, it's outside of Lamar's like Lamar's played well with the given situation, like O-line injuries and running back injuries and total defense injuries. I. I think this is turning into more of a a dead season. Yeah, I agree. I
0: I think that's where you guys are at. Um, Also in the same division, the Browns, they go and activate defensive tackle Jordan Elliott, the kicker Chase McLaughlin, the the corner Greg Newsom, and the center J.C. Treader from the COVID reserve list. So the Browns getting some players back after that big COVID hit that happened that pushed their game back into a Tuesday night. Uh, You know, well, actually, it took push into a Monday night rather. It became a Monday night game, but yeah, I, I digress. I mean, it the the Browns just had a, a, a horrible string of luck. I mean, talk about and we've been talking about them, you know, being underperformers this season and, and so on and so forth. You know, the Brownies, um, it, 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 their season's basically dead, right? Can we just say that?
1: I mean. Probably, but at the same time, I mean, one win can take it to the division crown right now. <laughs> Christ. So That's I don't know.
0: It's ridiculous. I think their season's done, um, even with all the guys that are coming back. I mean, they've had an injury bug, too. I think their season's done. But having- I think
1: they, fi- they finished second in the division. Really? They're a game behind Baltimore. Baltimore's going to lose this week. Man, not a lot of faith in your boys. It's, they're just too hurt. <laughs> I'm just I'm just getting annoyed in the fact like Raven's Twitter right now. And I know you can you can you can, can you can feel with me because people fans get dumb.
0: Oh yeah. Very dumb.
1: The latest is Cut your losses Huntley over Lamar. I'm like, you're high. Yeah, no. That's that's the that's the dumb stuff. I mean Huntley's playing his ass off. I will give him that. Yeah. Right. Some of the dumb mistakes Lamar's made, yeah, they're there. But he, he, he's actually progressed more than he's regressed. His his accuracy's gotten better. His not getting hits gotten better. Yeah, he's thrown some picks. Mm-hmm. But I'll take that mixed with every other stack getting better. I will. Yeah. And it, a lot of the picks because the line is – the O-line has been a big part of this injury bug. It has. Stanley – starting with Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, it has. So, I'm not. I'm not going to put this on Lamar, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Lamar shouldn't get an extension because Huntley's been playing well. Huntley's been playing well. I love how well Huntley's been playing, but Lamar still gets extended. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you 100. And but this season might actually turn into a, a cat friendly number for Lamar, so I, I'm happy about that in, in a way.
0: Yeah, he might. He might wind up getting that 30 mil instead of 45 or 50.
1: I think it'll be like. 30 i'm thinking like 38 at the moment it'll be
0: in that vicinity but it could be a little more cap friendly which which could wind up being a good thing for you guys but back to the browns someone who's not getting 45 million is baker mayfield yeah he's, he's toast um speaking of of your ravens and the, the guys that they'll be taking on this weekend the rams did place running back daryl henderson on ir with the sprained mcl he's done for the year um, but running back Cam Akers, he could be available for Sunday's game against the Ravens. Sony Michelle will likely get the start, but Cam Akers on his way back. How big of a boon is that for the Rams going into the playoffs, sitting where they're sitting? What do you make of this, Tyler?
1: I think it sets them up to be very, very dangerous going into the into the playoff season.
0: Right. not that they weren't dangerous already either. I mean, they're they probably one of the most dangerous teams in football at the current moment, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Even before Acres,
0: yeah. So I mean, and,
1: very- and something I'm gonna say. I mean, technically you're right, but technically I'm I'm going to uh, go hay on this for a second. Um, so you, you did predict the Titans win the Super Bowl. Yes, but the big key there is originally. Before the Julio trade, you had the Rams.
0: Well, no. How I had it, I had the Rams versus the Titans with the Titans winning. And that was was after. All the way through. And I listened to the episode on it when we were going through our predictions. When we actually went through, I had Rams versus Titans with the Titans winning.
1: But before the Julio trade is when you did your original prediction, you had it different.
0: I don't. I don't know that I did. I don't. I don't think I did.
1: Because you changed it because of the Julio trade. Because you you did a whole revamp on your on your Super Bowl pick because of the Julio trade.
0: That might be the case. I'm not sure. I don't remember that clearly because it was so long ago.
1: Know, because you had the, you had the Titans in the Super Bowl either way, but I believe you had the Rams winning before the Julio trade, but then you flip flopped it. Maybe I. But I don't. Like I said, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember but, it. But cause I. But. Because Julio's proven to not be a factor here.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I agree with that. I but, might, I might, my, I might be like, like an idiot in general because I don't know that the Titans are even going to make the Super Bowl unless Derrick Henry comes running back.
1: But Derrick Henry, and I, I, think it's part of your news is Derrick Henry's looking to be back before the season even ends.
0: Yeah, Derrick Henry, uh, we we can talk about that right now. Derrick Henry is probably you know they, they're saying he could be active for Week 18, but Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans, could be available for the playoffs this year, which, I i mean, that's kind of what I said, you know, like when he initially got hurt, we knew it could have been a maximum of 10 weeks. They had already been in a situation where the the Titans were, oh, okay, we could win these games and, you know, wind up in the playoffs and possibly win this division and whatever the case. And they've done it without Derrick Henry, with Derrick Henry sitting on the couch for, for the last basically 10 weeks. And here we are, Derrick Henry is getting ready to return. He's healthy again. We could see Derrick Henry come into the playoffs and tear it up. And judging by how Derrick Henry did at the beginning of this season, could you imagine a fresh Derrick Henry coming into the playoffs to lead the Tennessee Titans?
1: I could see him. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. If he's truly healthy. Because one thing I will say is no disrespect to Derrick Henry because I would never want to disrespect that man. Um, but Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor, their average has shattered Derrick Henry's. Yeah. And it's mostly because both those guys have turned it on in the back half of the season. Yep. But I don't think that Derrick Henry's, um, star power is, it is ahead of Taylor and, and Chubb. I don't think it's as one sided as we thought it was. I don't, I don't think it's as With one sided. Taylor in particular.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it was it's as one-sided as we thought it was. But one one you know what we discovered now or what we're gonna discover here is whether or not uh, Derrick Henry we knew Derrick Henry was a star, and we know that he's he, in my opinion, is the best running back in the league still. I think him and, and Jonathan Taylor are kind of neck and neck for that role. Um, but I, I really think that if Derrick Henry comes back. You could see the Titans make a serious
1: run. And that was my next point is the Titans are still stringing long wins without that star power. Right. And, and, you know, they're not,
0: they haven't gotten a ton. They haven't been good. I'm not going to sit here and say the Titans have been good without Derrick Henry. They've gotten by. Yeah. They've gotten by just enough. Derrick Henry got them what they would six wins or seven wins. And then he was gone. We knew that injury was going to be a 10 week injury. We we knew that was going to be there, and and yeah, here we are. Derrick Henry could be walking back through the door, and if he's fresh and he's healthy, and he's feeling good. Man, oh man, I, I <laughs> the Titans could be a scary, scary playoff team. I you know, and I'm not about to drop my money on him, but whoever does is going to make a killing in Vegas. <laughs> that team is is going to be something dangerous. It really hey. is. So, but, um, also when, with the, uh, the Rams over there, we, since we were talking about the Rams a minute ago, uh, the Cardinals, they go and have safety Buddha Baker, wide receiver, Rondale Moore and center Rodney. Uh, I didn't even get his name there. Um, but they, they did not practice on the COVID, uh, because they were, uh, they were in a non COVID related illness situation. So they, they're losing their starting safety. They're losing their wide receiver and they're losing their starting center. um. On Wednesday, due to a non-COVID-related illness, um, they also placed linebacker Devon Kennard on the COVID reserve list. So he'll be gone for the week. And then, um, yeah, they've got their running back James Connor. He didn't practice on Wednesday with a heel injury. You know he's been out for the last several weeks. You know, the Ra- the, the Cardinals are having a a really rough go these last several weeks, aren't they? They have. I mean, and, and a lot of people are, are trying to, like, downplay it uh, with the Cardinals organization, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know that you, you can downplay that right now, right?
1: No, you can't because it's, it's been obvious and clear, and they got to they gotta do something to turn this around.
0: Yeah, I, I just, you know, they're, they're kind of falling apart. They're having a really rough go with things. Rodney Hudson, by the way, is that center's name. Golly. Give me a break, but um they they go out and they they lose three key players to illness. Kyler Murray has not been the same Kyler Murray ever since he came you know back from his injury uh Colt McCoy, I would argue played better than Kyler Murray has since his return um I mean. Are the Cardinals just gonna see this thing through, you know, no matter what and hope for the best? And if they lose, they he, lose
1: Yeah, they do because I, I don't feel like Kyler Murray's played bad football. I like the team as a whole has, but I don't think I don't feel like he's played. It's been a downgrade from the season started, but he's not played bad. I don't know. I don't know that he's not played
0: bad. I mean, it's just he hasn't been Kyler Murray. It's it, i I don't know if that ankle injury is still hurting him. I, I, just, I, I don't know. The Cardinals just look iffy. They look iffy. They don't look like the Super Bowl team that we thought that they were going
1: to be. I would
0: agree. You know, like they, they well, don't.
1: Look- I, I thought, I mean, for a while I was right. You, I, I think had, you actually had them missing the playoffs. Yeah, you had them winning the whole thing. I did. You know, and I, I, don't think out, gonna, but
0: I, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. But, I mean, I, they, they look like a team that could get eliminated first round, don't they?
1: Right now they're looking that way.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what I'm. What it seems like, it just it's questionable, and and I I have issues with that. I, I don't know that this is a Super Bowl team. I just I really don't. Um, also in that same division, uh, the Seahawks go ahead and place running back Adrian Peterson on injured reserve with a back injury. Is he done, Tyler? Can we officially he say he be?
1: Play? I don't know why he got another shot here.
0: He's got a hundred yards left till he hits fifteen thousand. Uh, I think it's a hundred and two. He's got to get. He ain't yeah, ain't gonna get it. It, you don't you don't think he's gonna get signed on anywhere else? No. <laughs> Wouldn't it be something if some team signed him on just so we could get that hundred yards?
1: It feels such like such like a lions thing to do, but they already it, tried that experiment.
0: It does seem like a lions thing to do, doesn't it? So Adrian uh, Peterson lines up with uh, it, you know, being on IR, the Seattle Seahawks. I think they've got their running back over there now, don't they, with the Rashad Penny? I do, I do. I I like Penny a lot. Yeah, I I think he's come alive, and it's it's you know it took a couple of years, but maybe he's finally you know got it because I I still
1: because yeah, what was the issue in the first couple of years? Was it injuries or what? There was something.
0: He just wasn't good.
1: Was it was it was it was it just off skill?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a skill situation. I, I I I remember we we when he got drafted, we questioned it. Who the hell is this kid? I laughed my ass off. Our buddy Ray Kawicki, you. He, he was on, you know, talking to me. He's a big Seattle Seahawks fan. I looked at him. I said, what the hell did your guys just do? Rashad Penny? Who the hell is Rashad Penny? Nobody knew who the hell the guy was. And it's great to see that he's emerged. I mean, it took him a couple of years, but geez, oh, Pete's. <laughs> what a mess. Absolute mess. But now he's, he's coming alive. They may have their running back of the future now that the, the Chris Carson experiment has failed, correct?
1: Yeah, Chris Carson. He'll he'll probably land, and and I I stand by when, when Carson's healthy. He's a he's a good back. Oh yeah. But injuries have been such a problem with him. Yep.
0: Shoulders and knees, and now a neck injury. That's a big like,
1: one. A and, neck- and I'm talking like different than like Gurley or or uh, CMC. Like like at least they can say, hey, I had I have one injury that's that I've had lingering. Right, right, Penny's been proven just fragile across the board. Name a body part, Penny's probably Car- heard
0: it. You mean Carson, not Penny?
1: Yeah, yeah. Car- Name a body part, and Carson's probably heard it. Right. <laughs> like so, and 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 we've had this debate in the past. Like that's my prime example of of an injury prone. Like like I can accept like you have you had an injury that's had you lingering for a year or two. Like that happens. Like you 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 get it to your shoulder. You understand it. Right. But you have certain guys that are proven to be just completely glass. And, and Chris- like, I, I think of a guy like Sam, Sam Bradford. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, like, right now it's seeming like Chris Carson is the Sam Bradford of running backs.
0: Yeah. He's just
1: hurt every year.
0: Every year. I mean, he'll, he'll play about eight games and then he's gone. <laughs> that's,
1: that's about what he's good for. For win-win, spin a wheel. This is the injury of the year. Yeah, and there it is. So, but Chris uh, a nose injury. Oh no!
0: Chris Carson just lost his job to Rashad Penny. That's that's my opinion on the matter. I I believe that.
1: So, uh, next up, we've got the. Uh, I I nominate Rashad Penny for being uh, for for the beating the new Darius Geis because Geis is not getting a shot. So Rashad Penny's back in the board. Yeah,
0: he's back on the board. I'm down for that. Um, Next up, speaking of Adrian Peterson, uh, his former team, the Minnesota Vikings, my boys, they go ahead and place uh, linebacker Nick Vigil on the COVID reserve list. That's kind of a big hit. But they do activate running back Dalvin Cook from the reserve list. So he'll be back to being available for Sunday. But the really bad news for the Vikings, wide receiver Adam Thielen, he re-injures his ankle versus the Rams on Sunday, undergoes surgery. He's been placed on season-ending IR. Look i I talked about this earlier. I said it, I said it once, I'll say it again. I don't care about player loyalty at a certain point. A lot of teams will just keep players around just to, you know, be loyal to that specific player and, and good on them. That's, it's a very noble thing, but when a guy isn't getting on the field, when a guy is getting hurt all the time, this is the second year in a row that Adam Thielen has had a very serious injury. I think Adam Thielen's a good receiver, but he's an aging receiver. That's getting paid a lot of money. And,
1: and hasn't broke a 1,000 in three seasons now.
0: Exactly. And, and he's a great red zone threat. I just don't buy Adam Thielen anymore. And, and I think it's time for Adam Thielen to go to greener pastures. And I think it's time for the Vikings to move on. They can trade Thielen away. If they can get a third or fourth pick for him, I'm not mad. Get something alone. Thielen was
1: a good older receiver that kind of emerged later in life here. And he had yeah. two good seasons, really. Yeah. I mean, most um, seasons, I like
0: Thielen. I do. But most of his seasons are based on touchdown records. And that's, that's a big thing. His touchdowns, he's always put up good touchdown numbers. Not, like honestly,
1: because this season last season are his two best touchdown seasons.
0: Right. So, I mean, that's where he makes up for it, makes up for the lack of yardage. But to me, I think it's time for Adam Thielen to go. I think the Vikings do need to cut bait. And really, if they were smart, and that's why I'm advocating so hard for that Kirk Cousins trade, because if you trade Kirk Cousins, I believe that you get a first for him, at least one first. Um, And if you take that one first rounder, and you combine it with the first rounder you already have and you draft a center and a wide receiver you completely fix that situation while shoring up your your offensive line and your interior which needs to be centered where which needs to be a a short up and then what you do is you go in the second round you get your all-pro running back and you trade Dalvin Cook and you get you know whatever draft pick you can get for him which I believe is a second rounder so you save the cap space but you go younger and you get more talented players that are going to be on the field. I think it's time for Adam Thielen to go, and and the Vikings need to make that move. It's time. I know he's he's a, a a hometown kid, and everybody wants to get behind the hometown kid. But at a certain point, you know, forget the loyalty, forget the hometown stuff. It's time to move on, and it's time to create a better situation for your football team.
1: So yeah, I think you have the, re- the, the new number two already on the roster.
0: And if you're talking about K.J. Osborne...
1: K.J. Osborne is going to be a high-end two.
0: Here's the problem with K.J. Osborne, and, and you, with Thielen going down, if you look at his numbers ever since Thielen went down, he hasn't been very good. And I, I have questions about whether or not K.J. Osborne can be a high-end two. Um, the, you know, a lot of people are advocating for that, and I don't blame them. I don't really blame them. If, if they want to go into next season and say, hey, I went and, you know, short up the offensive line and go and get a Linderbaum and then go and get, you know, another linebacker for the defense or whatever the case may be, that's, that's fine. Good on them. You know, and then start Kellen Mond and K.J. Osborne. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And Then you go and start rebuilding your football team. But Thielen, he needs to go bye-bye. It's, a, it's that time. It's that time, this is the second year in a row where he's had you know, a debilitating injury that has made it so he can't play football. And we pay him to play football, a very high cap hit at that. So Adam Thielen, he'll be gone for the season. It sucks. And, and even though he's a good player, the injuries are, are too much for me to be like, okay, let's keep this guy around. He's injury prone. It's time to go. So that's, that's my take on the whole thing. But uh, that's how I feel about it. Um, In the same division, though, Tyler, we got the Lions. Um, Quarterback Jared Goff is considered day-to-day with a knee injury, so um, we know he was out last week. He could be in this upcoming Sunday. We're not sure. The Lions did place defensive end Michael Brockers and uh, guard, and this one's going to be hard for me to pronounce, COVID on the COVID reserve list. So (laughs) that's a hell of a name. I gotta figure out how to pronounce that damn thing, but they do place their starting guard on the um, the COVID list along with their defensive end Michael Brockers. Big hits for the Lions, but at the same time, kind of works in their favor if they lose, they could wind up in that first overall pick, right? Absolutely. Yep. So I mean, it kind of works out in their favor in a way. They kind of get an, an excuse in the situation. Um. The Packers, in that same division, the Packers go ahead and activate Jair Alexander from IR. He's been out since week four, so they've officially activated him. Um, whether or not he'll play on Sunday has yet to be seen. Uh, they, they might hold him out for one more week. You know, Packers are in a good situation, so they can hold him out and let him get 100% healthy leading into the playoffs. So that's a big boon for them, getting him back on the field, right? Absolutely it is. Uh, key cog to that defense. And they also activated wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scantling from the COVID reserve list. The Packers. So Valdez Scantling is always
1: <laughs> but. He's just not very good.
0: You know, I he's not good.
1: He, he's been he's been very streaky, and I, I sorry, I, I let my inner Josh fart noise out there. on Valdez yeah. Scantling here, but I don't know. I I feel like he's been like the lowest of the low in, in terms of the streaky. Like, oh, they're a good game. Maybe they're going to be good, and they're just not.
0: Yeah, you you wait for that. He's a deep ball threat, and that's all he's there for for Aaron Rodgers. And and he'll get open. You know, there's there's occasions where he'll get open, and Rodgers will hit him. And and but like you said, streaky, streaky, streaky. You just never know what's going to happen in that situation. I mean,
1: <clears throat> I think the story that, that Randall Cobb's off off the COVID list is actually bigger.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was the next one that was coming up. Randall Cobb comes off the COVID list. So and and. The the Packers are looking producers
1: to the, are gonna are gonna call saying Scott, even mentioning Scantley is not even newsworthy. Why are you even bringing it up?
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Um <laughs> the, the Packers will be at full strength moving into the playoffs. Yeah,
1: yes, yes.
0: That's that's the takeaway here. He's a high
1: doing. end, he's a high he's a high end four.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now he's a high end. Well, I would say maybe like a mid three. I'll say a mid three. Sure. <laughs> You just hate <laughs> when you hate players, you really hate players. <laughs> God damn. Um, next up, you got the Bucks. Uh, coach Bruce Arians. He tests positive for COVID. He's unlikely to coach on Sunday. And they'll also be without wide receiver Mike Evans. He's on the COVID reserve list as well. Uh Tyler, big losses for the Bucks, right? Do you think it's his Byron Sing- left singular
1: to- singular loss? Um Evans is a big hit. Yeah. And Arians would be a big hit if he didn't have a quarterback like Tom Brady at the helm. I think between Tom Brady and Byron, they're going to handle business. I think they will. I agree with you. Um, But now if if he was coaching the Jaguars, I'll go, yeah, they're in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No doubt. But I I do think Arians is something of a loss. But I, I do think Byron left, which this is. This could be really kind of a job interview for Leftwich, right? Uh, very much so. Because I think he's going to wind up being the guy calling that offense. So, um, that's a big one. And also, let's talk about this real quick because I, I we, while we're in Tampa Bay land here, Antonio Brown, um, his post game interview. <laughs> you know, the reporters asking him, uh, you know, about his COVID situation and and faking his COVID card and his vax card and all this stuff he says i don't want to talk about that you guys are all drama i mean like is it just me or is antonio brown just drama in himself like i mean it's he's created that drama all around himself and then he's like oh y'all are all drama i don't want to deal with you
1: i'm gonna use a quote that i'm looking at right now from yahoo.com antonio brown's not a changed man he's just a talented diva
0: yeah yeah that's exactly what it is. <clears throat> exactly what it is.
1: And, um, like oh, somehow, somehow he made talented Diva into it, he, he stole that helm from, from Des Bryant. Somehow, some way. I had no idea why or it's how. It's been taken.
0: <laughs> oh, God. It's so bad.
1: And I thought that Beckham was going to take it from Brown, but Beckham's calmed down.
0: Yeah. Beckham has, has, started somewhat acting like his adult like an adult it's his father that's acting like an idiot
1: yeah but Beckham also didn't uh have issues with his apartment throwing shit from a window and faking vax yeah. cards and
0: and you know things of like gummy penises eat a bag of like your-
1: if, if we did a 10 year 10 year show of this show and, and we could do a whole news article a whole news section on Antonio Brown's outside football stuff
0: yeah yeah I agree with that <laughs> and speaking of reporters Um, we'll, we'll go to the Patriots over here, wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. He, he has a concussion. He didn't practice on Wednesday. That's kind of a loss for them. Also running back Ramadre Stevenson. He's activated from the COVID reserve list, uh, by the Patriots. So it's good to see him come back. Not real good news for Damian Harris owners in fantasy, but I think Damian Harris kind of stole that job. Don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think he solidified his job, but I want to talk about this other reporter. Who went viral. Um, Bill Belichick loses the game this past Sunday against the Bills. Dominated. And people are, are asking questions of Bill Belichick in the presser. And at the end of the, the la- one of the questions, Bill Belichick asks anybody else if there's any other questions. And there's silence. And this lady kind of speaks up and says... Yeah, um, I'm from so-and-so, such-and-such place. Uh, I was wondering if you, we were, we're doing an article on our uh, New Year's resolutions, and we were wondering if you had any that you wanted to share with our readers <laughs> after that loss. And Bill Belichick, the look on his face, he goes, not right now. Then maybe But the look on his face, when she asked that question, was just, like, what the fuck are you doing in, in this place right now? Like, do you know where you are? <laughs> fucking Bill Belichick. He was so not amused in that Bill Belichick <laughs> way. Like, he he already looks not amused, you know? Like, he just, he just like, looked over at her, like, what the fuck? He
1: pulled pull out his emper- inner emperor.
0: Oh, yeah. He was not fucking happy. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make mention of that because I thought it was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) Fucking New Year's resolutions. Unreal. Um, Next up, we got the Jets head coach, Robert Saleh. He returns from the COVID reserve list after being out last week. Um, They got a win without him. Um, So, hey, rock and roll to the Jets. Um, They do activate guard Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the defensive end John Franklin Myers and safety Ashton Davis from the COVID reserve list for high-end players on their team. We know the Jets are washed this year. They're done. Obviously, they're eliminated from playoff contention. But it's good to see them get some of their key players back, right?
1: It is, and hopefully they don't blow their number three spot.
0: Yeah, yeah. If they if they just start winning randomly, it would be outrageous.
1: Yeah like, yeah, like how how foolish of a team to just start winning randomly for no reason? Like, who would do that? The Lions. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit.
0: Oh, God. And the same division, you get the Bills. They activate offensive lineman Cody Ford, wide receiver Cole Beasley, wide receiver Gabriel Davis, offensive lineman John Feliciano, and defensive end A.J. Epineza from the uh, COVID reserve list. So all those guys get activated. A.J. Epineza, by the way, I like that kid a lot. I I do too great draft pick and he was a late draft pick, even though he was projected to go first round. Initially he dropped off and uh, he went, I think third round, he turned out to be a great, great defensive end for them, right?
1: Oh, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I think having him back is, is really a great addition for the bills here. So that, that is going to be a big, you know, boost for them moving into the playoffs. Um, also, the Panthers, they placed outside linebacker Hassan Reddick and QB PJ Walker on the COVID reserve list, so they'll be without Hassan Reddick, who had a great sack total last year. He was a guy that you really loved as far as uh, free agency went. Panthers got a steal in him. I think he's played extraordinarily well for them since he went over there. And they also activated the former Viking offensive lineman Pat Elfline from the COVID reserve list, so they get one of their starting uh, interior offensive linemen back over there in Carolina is basically washed out, right?
1: So, yeah. The, one of the hottest teams at the beginning of the season. And, and now they're at Becker Point. They have no idea what their identity even is.
0: Yeah, I think they're lost without a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I think it's time for the Panthers to start looking for a new running back, to be honest with you. Because when Cap- McCaffrey's not on the field, they're not getting anything done.
1: Yeah, and, and when healthy, he's, I put him over Henry, but he's still lingering that same injury from last season
0: yeah it's been three I don't know been hurt yeah, three years in a row it's crazy I just if I'm the Panthers I'm looking elsewhere for a running back right
1: i I think you are
0: yeah I think it's time guys you guys you you ran him into the ground his workload is too much, you ran him into the ground
1: yeah and i and I put that more on the team than I put on on his health like they 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 the, his production as far as like, being used like dwarfed Derrick Henry's
0: yeah i agree
1: like we're talking about a guy who was getting running the ball 25 times but then getting targeted 15
0: yep he he was getting 30 plus touches a game every game
1: i mean he's yes. all
0: they have
1: he's getting he close to 40
0: yeah he's all they have on that team and, and they don't have a quarterback that can reasonably pass the ball effectively. And they haven't had that for quite some time. They could be in the market for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. They really could. And then if they do that, then the Panthers are going to wind up being talked about as potential Super Bowl contenders if they wind up getting a good quarterback on that team. Right? Yeah. Well, I, that's where I'm at with them. Um, next up, the Cowboys, they go ahead and activate safety Malik Hooker and defensive tackle Tristan Hill from the COVID reserve list. Big additions for them. Um, very excited for them to have those back, right? I mean, they're, they're going to have uh, uh, key players back for that super for a potential Super Bowl run that they want to take, right?
1: They're well on their way.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, same division, the Washington football team, they placed offensive tackle Sam Cosme on their COVID reserve list. You know he suffered the injury early, and now he's back. Now he's out on the COVID list. Just a, a painful uh, couple of weeks, or well, month and a half for Sam Cosmi. Uh, they did activate defensive end Nate Orchard and guard Zach Bailey from the COVID reserve list. So both those guys are coming off. Washington getting some key players back, but their season's basically washed out. Right, they're done. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they're toast. Um. The Texans went out and had 13 players activated from the COVID reserve list. But the key ones are wide receiver Brandon Cooks, defensive lineman Jonathan Greenard, kicker Kaimi Fairbairn, and the linebacker uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill. The Texans get those four key players back. I mean, are the Texans kind of like screwing themselves here? I mean, they had a top 10, top three pick. Now it's looking like they're going to wind up at like pick six or seven right now, doesn't it?
1: It's, yeah, they're, they're screwing up. Like, I don't understand what, why they're doing what they're doing right now. They they did this last year too.
0: Yeah. They just, they, they won late and knocked themselves down the, down the draft order. It just doesn't make sense. Just tank. God damn it. Tank. I know people are against tanking and I know the, the coaches are against tanking and I, I get that, but you know, I, I just, I, I, you know, if it, if it's going to, Give you a better draft pick and fix the future of your football team. Why
1: wouldn't you just do it? Yeah, right. There's no point in winning. Just, just I mean, I think most fans, most good fans would rather you lose and and prepare for the following season.
0: Right. Bite the bullet. Bite the bullet. Just deal with it. Uh, Next up, you got the Saints. They activate linebacker Quan Alexander, linebacker Demario Davis, quarterback Taysom Hill, and quarterback Trevor Simeon from the COVID reserve list. All four of those guys come back. The big ones, obviously, are the linebackers. Um, Both those guys, tremendous for them. And uh, the fact that they didn't have them these last couple of weeks definitely hobbled the old Saints, right?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, that defense has been lights out all year long. Uh, next up, the Giants' corner Adore Jackson and wide receiver John Ross—they're activated from the COVID reserve list. Uh, the Giants are basically washed out this year. We know that. Um, They—I don't know. I just feel like these guys. That, I don't know if they're gonna—they can screw it up any worse. They're four and eleven already. For their sake, I just hope they just keep losing at this point, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they for their sake they really should. And in respect, what we were just talking about with the Texans. Like teams really need to get on. And, and I understand there's probably a level of the NFL getting involved in the network saying like, "Hey, we we'll, let's take the Jets versus Jaguars for example. Like you can't just have two teams just just playing, just both being the team that play, that's the, that plays the globe charts every year, just just fumbling the ball every other play to make sure they lose. Like I I get that, but like the Lions over the Cardinals. Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, 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 yeah, play a good game, but don't win that game. Yeah.
0: Don't, don't, don't try and win, you know, don't, don't try and do that. I mean, why would you, why would you try to win, um, in a situation where it's just going to affect you moving forward in the next season? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, eh, I'm kind of iffy on it. Um. You know, it just lose. Just lose at this point. You need yeah. The Giants need so many more things, and they need to go younger, and they need to get more effective players, and they need to go out and get a quarterback that is not named Daniel Jones. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to – I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to screw themselves. I don't think they're good enough to screw themselves, to be honest with you. I, and, you know, it's not like a Texan situation where they're, they're hot sometimes, you know, like they're, they're not hot right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to say, uh, yeah, the Giants, even though they're getting these players back, I think they're kind of I, I don't think they're good enough to screw themselves, but I think they do need to lose out at this point. Agreed. So, Tyler, I'm sending you a list right now of the coaches, the, the potential coaching candidates. Or the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the reason I'm doing that right now.
1: Oh, the Sinister Six.
0: Well, it's it's more than that though, because they 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 went and they they requested, um, uh, they they requested coaches to come in and get interviewed, and those coaches that came in for an interview, they, I mean, like the the. They're all good coaches and offensive coordinators and stuff. Some are former. They got two guys that were former head coaches that came into the league um, and and did well with their respective teams. One won a Super Bowl. So I want you to break down each of these coaches. Um, That's Kellen Moore, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, Matt Eberflus, and the offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sending you that list now. And then I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you kind of go down the list here and tell me which of these coaches and if they're a fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yeah, they, they, Jack, Jacksonville's obviously trying to figure out what they want to do with their future. They, they, they had a massive shithole of a failure with Urban Meyer. I think we can all admit that's happened at this point. It, so they, they're trying to course correct, and they got a long list of great names to, to be that new. That new uh, head of that team, and and I have a couple that, I, that I'm 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 particular towards. I'm and maybe I'm a little biased. And kind of kind of starting that list, I look at I look at Byron Leftwich. I, I I like Leftwich. He's been in the Bucks OC. He 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 just won a Super Bowl with with them. But my my issue with Leftwich is the head coach is Arians. Their quarterback's Tom Brady. Their offense is stacked. I I really believe Byron Leftwich is a product of that system, and I don't think that he could be the leader of a team that a team needs, especially with a young quarterback. I just don't like. I'm all about a. Sometimes a, some guys are <clears throat> excuse me are better at being teachers than players, and and obviously Leftwich was not a great player through his lifetime but I think he could be a good teacher but I don't know if if, if you want to take that risk on, on your next franchise coach when you just had a colossal failure Um, now Doug Peterson he could be I think that's one that can really bring this team together he's a guy that can really take control of a young quarterback we, we've seen him do it with with Carson Wentz we've seen him take an injury that happened to the team and and take Nick Foles into a superstar and, and Super Bowl winner. Um, Doug Peterson would be a great, great fix for that team. And so I think that should be one of the that fr- that front runners in that team. And then you look at Jim Caldwell. And people look at the uh, the Lions experiment with Jim Caldwell. But if you look at that Lions period with Jim Caldwell, it went well. It went very well. Uh, he got yeah. fired in three seasons. And-, and that's
0: the thing about Jim Caldwell. I want to I bring that up. I, I'm so bothered by the fact that people always talk about it being like mediocrity this, mediocrity that. He was nine and seven. Da-da-da-da-da. You know what? I'll take a coach that goes nine and seven. I said this with Alex too when we, him and I were on the show. I will take a coach that goes nine and seven four years in a row and makes me a playoff contender four years in a row. Because even when you're nine and seven, or or at this point it would be, you know, nine and eight. You're still winding up as a playoff contender. You could still wind up in the tournament
1: at the seven seed at that point, right? You very, you very much could. I, I, I still don't understand the, um, the, the quick ditch of, of Caldwell. It, does, it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, and I agree with you on, on Caldwell and Peterson too. I think both those guys could groom young quarterbacks. Caldwell did it with Manning. And, and and granted, you know, th- there was different coaching over there, you know, with with Dungey and whatnot. Yeah. But you know, he helped cultivate Peyton Manning, and he helped cultivate a, a lot a lot of young quarterbacks. I think he is a good coach. I think him and Doug Peterson would be great for young quarterbacks. I really do. And I, I think do that-
1: too, it's what I was talking about Leftwich. I think Leftwich was kind of a product of having Arians, having Brady, having a stacked offense. I don't know if – I think it'd be a little overwhelming for Lefkowitz to be the guy. If you have a pro
0: quarterback, if you have, like, like a, a top quarterback, a veteran quarterback, I think Byron Leftwich is the guy.
1: But, I don't think he is having to be the head coach and teaching young quarterback all at the same time.
0: Exactly. If he's got a guy that's been there a minute, then we'll be having – and that's what I
1: think about Kellen Moore, too. I like Kellen Moore a lot. See, and I, I, and I, and I, and I was saving Kellen Moore for last. Yeah. Because that's my lead pick. Um, I like Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's done it on two systems now with young quarterbacks. Well, no, not well, young quarterback. He had Stafford. Yeah. But I think Kellen Moore gets the game. I, I, I watched him in college, I've watched him live in college. I think Kellen Moore gets the game. And I yeah. think he truly could turn turn Trevor Lawrence around. I tr- I think he truly could take control of an entire team. He's, he's been an OC for, for more than a couple of years now. To, to me, Kellen Moore is the lead option next to Doug Peterson.
0: And, and if it was me, I mean, I would, I would be more inclined to go with Doug
1: Peterson. Um, and probably given the history of Doug Peterson as a head coach, as a super winning head coach. Right. Right. And, and the bottom three
0: guys that, that I sent you on this list, you know, Dan Quinn, for example, I think Dan Quinn is right where he needs to be.
1: Yeah, he's a good coordinator. He's a terrible head coach. And that's been Got proven me. time and time again. Yep. And then and, and I almost want to put um Matt M- Eberfluss in the same category. Like he's done an amazing job with this Colts defense. An amazing job. Um I gotta argue to say that he should win um coordinator of the year. Yeah, I would I would say because uh, Colts defense was horrid last year. Well, but, not, not last year. It was the year before. Last yeah. year. Five. The first year he started, was horrible. But it was the first year he started. But since then, he's turned this team around. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy him as head coach.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think he's a head coach either. Um, Packers and, offensive coordinator. Yeah, Nathan-
1: and I think Nathaniel Hackett is, much like Leftwich has benefited off the coattails of a very good offense.
0: Yep. And a tremendous quarterback. A Hall of Fame
1: quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. But... Kellen Moore. It's, so I mentioned how I saw, I saw him live. Mm. Um, it was uh, Boise State versus Toledo. It was, I went to Toledo, and I kind of hope he becomes a head coach because I, I, I'll be in rare company if someone's got to do this. Um, at that game, we were all—was me, Andrew, Derek. You, you met those guys. Yeah, we're pretty drunk, and they're on the sidelines starting this game, and Kellen Moore is just warming up the sidelines on our sideline. And we just start us in the whole section just start going. Kellen Morse, mom's a whore, <laughs> and and we keep just chanting over and over again. The center just goes, uh, "Hey, he's she's a she's a nice lady," but <laughs> but I think it'd be really cool that that I I I could say that I I have to someone's face kind of or, or an earshot called a, a current NFL head coach's mom a whore.
0: <laughs> what an asshole.
1: <laughs> It was college. Fucking asshole. <laughs> you know how home crowds are. Oh god. And I didn't no. start the champ. I I wasn't gonna say no to the champ. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god. And um, now we and we do have some a little bit of quarterback news. Speaking of quarterbacks, we we do have uh, Aaron Rodgers on um, retiring after the 2021 season. He said he wouldn't rule it out. Um, I think he goes elsewhere. I think he sticks around. I I think it's just kind of him talking out of his ass like he does a lot of times. Agreed. I think he plays at least one more season for a new team. Yeah, I I think he goes to another team. Um, And and Denver right now is the big suitor at the moment. So we'll see if Denver winds up with with him. But one guy that looks like he is retiring, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, All signs are pointing to the Monday night game being his last game at Heinz Field. Um, He's likely going to retire at the end of the season. It's time. It's time, right? I mean, the elbow injury, can't throw the ball deep. It's time for Ben to retire, right?
1: Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. Fuck off.
0: Oh, you really, I know you hate Ben.
1: I'm I'm over him. I, yeah, part of me hopes he stays because he is the problem for this Pittsburgh team right now. Yeah, he's not. He's, playing. His arm is dying. So, you know, Ben, no, don't retire. Stay for 10 more years. 10 more. Well, 10 more thing, years for Ben. Here's the thing about Ben. The, the
0: Steelers have no future after Ben goes. No. Like they go no, out. They have
1: get, not planned ahead on this at all. They haven't. Because... Dobbs and Mason Rudolph and Haskins do not have a contract past this season. And they're not good. And they're not good. But <laughs> they know your system, so they'd be your lead candidates. But ne- none of them are intending to be on the team next season. Which And you also probably shouldn't resign them either because they're no, not good. They're not good. They are not good at all. I mean, Mason Rudolph's brain's a little – I mean, it's not his fault, but –
0: <laughs> but a lot of issues for, for the old Steelers. there moving into the future. Um, we'll see if they're going to trade for a, a new quarterback come, you know, the next couple of months here, but you know, it's, it's going to be a rough go for them looking forward to seeing how they handle the draft and how they handle free agency when it, when it happens in March. But Tyler, that's our news around the league. And uh, we've got uh, one more thing to do, bud. one more thing. Our week 17 scores, or uh, schedule rather, our predictions. Uh, what are we at right now? Do we know?
1: Uh, you want to talk about this? You sure?
0: Uh, th- how bad did I do?
1: Worse than the Ravens did against the Bengals. Really? You had a rough week last week. You were three down, and, and, and you lost three in last week alone. Ooh. So you were six down. Painful. Painful. So I don't I don't know if it – because I, I know I took some risks. So I don't know if my risk just paid off more or – a couple games just went weird ways, and just, just so you're sitting six back.
0: Oh, <laughs> painful! Golly, well, that's all right. I'm gonna try and make it up in the next two weeks.
1: Let's see how it goes.
0: You're right? I mean, you're you 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 are looking like you're gonna repeat. Yeah,
1: historically, I I usually do what scores have gone in my favor.
0: Yeah, yeah, you usually beat me every year, but that's okay. That's okay. I just take a lot of dumb risks. <laughs> I do. Well, Tyler, are you ready? Do it. All right. Here are your predictions for week 17 in the NFL, and that's the second from last week. Blow my mind. Anyway, uh, first up, we got the Chiefs and the Bengals. Tyler, I'm going with the Chiefs.
1: Going with the Chiefs? uh, Yeah, I am too.
0: I'm going with the Chiefs. In spite of the fact that the Bengals had a good game, the Chiefs defense, believe it or not, has actually played well in the last few weeks. I think the Bengals are going to have a hard time. I'm going Chiefs.
1: Yeah, so this is the first week we're on a pure Sunday schedule.
0: Yep. Next up, you got the Giants and the Bears. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bears here. I think the Bears go ahead and beat the Giants. And the Giants are really rough around the edges. Nick Foles supposed to be getting a start again. I'm going Bears.
1: I'm taking Bears here, too.
0: Yep. Next up, we got the Eagles and the Washington Eagles.
1: Bulls. Eagles, 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 Eagles. Yeah. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. I'm Eagles. going Eagles. <laughs> Washington's looking rough, and Eagles are looking red hot.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, 100%. Yeah, I believe that. Next up, we got the Rams and the Ravens. I'm going Rams, 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 Rams.
1: Yeah, we're Rams all day here. Ravens are at a point where they're starting, their starting roster doesn't even know who their next-door neighbor is.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to go Rams, and I'm going to say Cooper Cup has himself a monster game. Uh, next up, we got the Bucks and the Gents. I'm going with the Bucks. Bucks all day. Yeah. Uh, the Colts and the Raiders. Now, we might not see Carson Wentz on the field, but Indianapolis
1: is favored to win. Well, I believe Wentz has been officially ruled out.
0: Yeah, I'm going Colts anyway. I'm going to say Jonathan Taylor all day.
1: You know, I've been talking about the idea of, of they have no chance because of that, but i go with the Raiders. Come on, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna take the Raiders. I think Derek Carr is good enough to to get the job done against a Colts team who's missing their quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm good, but I'm gonna take the Colts. I I think I think it's gonna be the Jonathan Taylor show again.
1: We'll find out. I hope so. I'm in, I'm in Championship Week one of my leagues, and I need Taylor just to have, just just to do Taylor things.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, next up, we got the
0: Jags and the Patriots. I'm going Patriots in this one.
1: Uh, yeah, Patriots here. Right? Jags are going to make sure they don't lose a game or don't win a game.
0: It's going to be a no-brainer. Um, next up, we've got the Bills and the Falcons. I'm going with the Bills. I think the Bills could, you know, will will definitely beat out the Falcons. And
1: yeah, I don't want to say they're red hot, but they're hot enough to beat the Falcons.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with that. They're about one of the. They're kind of that three quarters up the way team. You know, up the tier. Yeah. Though. Um, Next up, you got the Dolphins and the Titans. Interesting situation here. Tennessee's
1: favored to win. I'm going Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins, too. (laughs) Um, I I, I don't want – Titans are just kind of barely skating by, and Dolphins are playing red hot. They're playing like they they want this thing. I think the Dolphins
0: are going to beat the Titans this week. Um, Next up, we got the Texans and the 49ers. Mmm, interesting situation. Without –
1: Hey, Jimmy, about Jimmy G. That's a tough one, because Texans have been playing caught Yeah. Something is uh, going on here.
0: I'm going with the Niners. I think the Niners' defense will be enough to take care of the Texans. I'm going
1: Niners. I'm going Niners,
0: too. Yep. I, I figure that's the same bet. Next up, we've got the Chargers and the Broncos. Look, the last time the Broncos took
1: on the Chargers, they laid waste to them. I'm going Broncos you going Broncos again? Yup. Wow, I, I think the Chargers come out pissed off after um, looking like jackasses and they win this week. Yeah, I, I, the Broncos
0: seem to have their number last game and they had them figured out. That's why I'm going with the Broncos here. Um, next up, we've got the Panthers and the Saints. Weirdly enough, New Orleans is favored to win. Taysom Hill will be back on the field, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints here. See, it makes me
1: not want to pick Saints. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm not. I'm taking Panthers. Wow, this I don't trust Hill. Pan- I just
0: don't. I don't trust them. Hey, okay. oh, I'm going with Taysom Hill. Yeah, Our Four Reception Day, let's go. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Seahawks and the Lions. This, wow, this, this um. is kind of tough believe it or not because the, the Lions have played everybody tough this year and the Seahawks have kind of sucked I don't know if golf is going to be in the game so I'm going to go Seahawks here
1: yeah the golf factors is is part of the issue here and, and it's uh, but you're right the Lions have been playing everyone hard all year like, say what you want about this Lions team um, the 0-16 Lions team may have been bad but they had better talent. But this team plays harder. Yeah. So much harder. But without golf, I, I think Seahawks win this one. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Next up, kind of a game of the week
0: situation. Cardinals and Cowboys. Um, there's a 425 game. I'm going to go ahead and say Cowboys here. I think the Cardinals have been playing down... And the, Cowboy, or the Cardinals have been playing down, and the Cowboys have been red hot. I'm going Cowboys.
1: As much as I want to support my Super Bowl team here, I think Seahawks or not Seahawks, Cardinals are playing weird right now. I, I think Cowboys are playing red hot. They're going to run that hot streak at least for this week.
0: Yeah. Next up, we got the Vikings and the Packers in Lambeau, and it's going to be a cold one. I'm going with the Packers here.
1: Uh, Yeah, Packers all day. You beat them earlier this year, but I think at home... The Packers are also much more red hot right now. I think they get the job done Yeah, and I'm, put a big, big hampering on your playoff hopes.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Vikings make the playoffs this year. And um, last but not least, Monday Night Football. we got the Browns and the Steelers, kind of a toilet bowl in your division. Um, I'm going to go with the Brownies here. I think the Browns actually will beat the Steelers this week
1: i do too i think the browns weirdly played the packers rough so i don't want to say they're hot playing good football right now
0: yeah so i'm going with the browns and those are your predictions for week 17 in the nfl tyler we're nearing the end of the season next week we've got one more week left it'll be our last regular season episode and then we jump into the playoffs it's going to be a lot of fun um Are you stoked for playoff time? I mean, I'm a little sad that we don't get another super wild card weekend. You know, I hate the whole Monday night flex thing. And it it drives Yeah, I know, but. I hate it. I hate it with a fiery passion. I hate it. I like seeing three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. The
1: Monday's bullshit.
0: Yeah, I hate it. It's, It's just bullshit. And is it one game on Monday?
1: Yeah, it's. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday.
0: Okay, see, so it's not that bad, but I would just have rather have three games and three games. Just give me but,
1: all the football. But what's, what's what's funny is it it kind of makes us hypocrites too. Why is that? Because in the same breath, we're bitching about a Monday Night Football game, we're also saying how happy we've been that we've had football almost every day in the last two weeks. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, so on one level, you can say, "Yeah, we got three three days of wildcard.
0: Yeah, kinda. I just would rather have the the wild the super wild card weekend. It just made it more fun. Yeah, I know. Just mean. it made it seem like a monster truck rally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> super 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 slam. You know, like it's just super one of those super slam. <laughs> so that's uh our show for the week. Um, quick shout out to It's Your Time Massage, one of our sponsors. Uh, I would just, definitely check them out if you're looking for a massage therapist iytmassage.com you can check it out at uh, facebook.com at it's your time massage a man is a wonderful massage therapist um does excellent work tyler needs a freaking massage
1: i haven't been in a while
0: yeah golly pal and then um also a shout out to face kicked apparel sean stockmeyer and company over there at face kicked apparel.com they take care of all of your custom shirts hats hoodies Anything you could ask for, you pick it. He sticks it over at FaceKickedApparel.com. And, Tyler, that is our show for the week. I'm super excited. I hope you have a wonderful New Year. Folks out there, I hope you all have a wonderful New Year. Um, Tyler, you got any wonderful plans for the New Year's Eve other than maybe uh, having a beer or two with me?
1: Uh, pretty much some. Come to see you. I'm going to go see yeah, my, my neighbor's got a par- little party going on. I'm just going to just kind of be a little bit everywhere yeah yeah that is the the plan so because i I gotta be home so I, i i'm gonna come see you but i'd also rather be a little close to home when it comes to getting drunky drunk
0: yeah yeah everybody's gonna be uh in getting their drink on on that night for sure watching that ball drop so it'll be a good time but folks i hope you all have a wonderful wonderful new year's eve please stay safe don't drink and drive stay home um, or, or stay wherever you're going to be drinking, you know, stay the night there. Don't be out there drinking and driving and acting the fool. Um, keep yourself and your family safe. And, and I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, you know, uh, for this wonderful year of, uh, the outside blitz, it's been a wonderful year. I love every
1: really been our first full year in a couple of seasons now, just with life happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. With everything going on, so I'm I'm super glad that that we got our a full year of, of football in there, a full year of TOB, and um, man, it's it's been an adventure. I'm I'm glad we got a lot. Of, I mean, we actually, you know, we we always, you and I always talk about this pod, and we always talk about, yeah, you know, you know, we don't really have a, a lot of listeners, but then I I show up over there on the the SoundCloud app, and it tells me how many plays we've got, and sometimes that's hitting, you know, two hundred plus. And I'm going Whoa, in the last week, and I'm going what in the hello is going on here? Like so, I, I know there are people out there that are listening, and it means the world to us. Um, this year has been awesome, so I, I'm super excited for the the upcoming new year. Super excited to to continue uh, doing this pod. And Tyler, thank you for for joining me on it and and jumping in on this thing with me and and being willing to be a part of it. It's uh it's a very important part of my life, and I really enjoy it, and it's made this year really special. So. I appreciate you a whole lot.
1: No, I appreciate that, man. But I am still looking for applications for a new co-host.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, love everybody. What an asshole. Oh, God. I don't know how I'm going to do this for the years to come. But <laughs> well, folks, thank you so much. Like I said, please be safe. And uh, we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join
1: us soon on The Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Outside Blitz and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.